0: It's time for Windows Weekly. Richard Campbell's here. Paul Thorat's here. And we will be talking about Windows 11 and a new widgets UI coming in the uh, Canary version. Teams 2.0 has some complete rewrite and some very interesting features and uh, a complete rundown of how... Brown liquor is distilled. Yes, it's the distillation chapter of our introdu- introduction of whiskey with Richard Campbell. All coming up next on Windows Weekly. Podcasts you love.
1: From people you trust.
0: This, this is Twit. This is Windows Weekly with Paul Therott and Richard Campbell. Episode 822, recorded Wednesday, March 29th, 2023. Squirt a little fresh air. Windows Weekly is brought to you by Lookout. Whether on a device or in the cloud, your business data is always on the move. Minimize risk, increase visibility, and ensure compliance with Lookout's unified platform. Visit Lookout.com today. And by Collide. Collide is a device trust solution that ensures if a device isn't secure, it can't access your apps. It's zero trust for Okta. Visit collide.com slash ww and book a demo today. And by ACI Learning. If you love IT Pro, you'll love ACI Learning. ACI Learning offers fully customizable training for your team, in formats for all types of learners across audit, cybersecurity, and IT. From entry-level training to putting people on the moon, ACI Learning has you covered. Visit go.acilearning.com slash twit to learn more. It's time for Windows Weekly, the show we cover the latest news from Microsoft. With Mr. Richard Campbell from Runners Radio and .NET Rocks. Hello, Richard. Hello, friends. Up at the lake house. Except your, yours is on the no lake.
2: Yeah, I'm. St- I'm still with the city. Oh,
0: you're still in the city. Yeah, yeah. What kind of Canadian
2: are you? Uh,
0: it's practically patio weather.
2: It is very nice up here right mm. now. I admit it. Jealous. but uh, yeah, I haven't made it to the coast quite yet. And yeah, not a lake. It's an ocean. It's full of critters. Coast
3: house. That it would. Sure that would work. Yeah. Oh, speaking place, of critters, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure family. I saw eagles mating there one time. It was yeah. awkward. Yeah. Paul
0: Thorat, now with the new molding. Joining us from uh, his place
3: in uh, Are you still? Does, Actually, I is I, it Upper Macunji now? Macunji proper, Just regular Macunji, <laughs> every day oh. Macunji. Okay, I'm literally on the other side of the tracks, Leo. Nice. Wow, they, it it gives you and it gives you a molding upgrade. How about that? Moving on up. <laughs> well, I don't know an upgrade, but it gave me a molding.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, got to write in Macunji, PA. So you're both home. That's kind of nice. Yes. It's very it's nice. kind of nice. You know. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we could just jump right into this. Uh, distillation later, I've been informed. Yes. Get ready. Richard got up in the middle of the night, so uh, you know it's a tome. It's an epic. I,
3: I'm having fun with it.
0: Yeah, I love it. I think we could release these as a separate uh, show.
3: Entirely. Thank you. I've been telling him this. You got to do this as a series. I thought, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Something. I don't know what you call this. It's a video series, a podcast, a, a book. Do
0: we Something. need, I was wondering, I was thinking this morning, do we need to say, you know, the, uh, you know, Liquor Council of America reminds you to drink, drink responsibly? Or are we just,
2: um we could just say I'll remind you to drink responsibly. Okay. These are you know I I generally recommend sipping whiskeys like have one. Yeah. Then yeah. put it then yeah, put it away. It
3: um I've never seen Richard get like plastered or anything. Mm. Yeah, then put I it away. Think. That's good. I like yeah. it. Just have one. Just have one. Yeah.
0: The podcasters of America remind you. <laughs> okay. Just listen to one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> In all things. <laughs> don't attempt reaction. to double up.
3: Yeah. Yeah. The more you know, dun, 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 dun.
0: <laughs> any Windows 12 news we should lead off with?
3: Nope, no, Go I ahead. appreciate the fact that the rest of the world is reporting what I said two months ago, but you know, whatever, that's good. <laughs> Finally catching up, Paul, little Polly Thoreau. No, I- Somehow he knows. <laughs> no, I uh, I made the supposition, remember that uh, Windows 12 would be the AI release,
0: yeah. Well, and, now I uh, think you're actually, safe.
3: the big supposition I made. Was not that actually, and that was that's pretty much a fact. But rather, I kind of came. I just talked myself into this that Windows 12 would either require or would work better with an NPU-based PC, right? A a neural processor. Yeah, 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 yeah. You did say that. Yep. Starting to look good. Starting to look good. Yeah, I'm definitely in
2: the market for a new laptop, and I'll Mm -hmm. be looking out for that neural processor.
3: Wow. Yep. Wowie, zowie. Yeah, you know, you could do yourself a lot of good right now if you wanted it pretty quickly, and I'd have to look. I don't remember the exact chipset, but AMD announced the chipset at uh, CES that their new PCs are coming out any day now that supports NPU. Nice. Um, and that would solve a bunch of problems, <laughs> right, because there's other stuff going on with Intel that isn't necessarily great right well, now. Well, you
0: know, if they uh, make it the AI uh, version of Windows, they could pause it for six months, and uh, <laughs> that'll give me some time
2: sure yeah I, I just don't know that time's actually going to help them at this particular moment <laughs> I they, they need data and they're and just like just like auto drive on a tesla we're being tested on in hey, you can, it's wow. like oh, uh, hey we have flying thing. cars you know what let's take a pause on that yeah, yeah. <laughs> you
3: know you just can't do it
0: yeah no, it's not going to happen in fact it's almost self-serving i you know there's a certain conspiracy-minded person who might say yeah. that the uh, entire petition to pause is really just an ad for how close to AGI we really are, and yeah. uh oh golly golly right. golly, you don't want that. Let's pause. Ooh, ooh, ooh. and
3: it's really just an I mean, ad we've all for seen Terminator, AGI. right? Yeah, yeah we, AGI. we know how this ends. It's gonna be well, fun. And, and I, let me go
2: on record as we're nowhere near AGI. No, I think I like not even vaguely think close. Think
3: yeah, it's not a thing. Take 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 your time. This is the scene where it flashes forward in the movie and it says, six months later, and then <laughs> it's like this hellscape where robots Hello, are Oh, I am cells. Richard
0: Campbell.
3: The <laughs> and, then, and the iPhone's going to amount to, to nothing. To with your, your opinion.
0: <laughs> it is a risky thing to predict anything in this business, that's for sure. Sure, I can predict new Windows 11 features, however.
3: Oh, boy. All right, so actually, this is surprisingly interesting. <laughs> in our little world... Um, you rem- you may remember a couple of things a couple of things that kind of preface this on February 28th, which was two weeks before patch Tuesday, Microsoft released a preview version of moment two right right it's a really weird timing it's um, Microsoft doesn't really talk about week D that much, right mm-hmm. but we typically have a week a, b and c and every month where updates can happen different types of updates uh, week B, which is the second Tuesday of the month is uh, patch Tuesday, we all know about that. Uh, but February twenty eighth was week D, so it's like kind of a kind of a weird time frame, right? So two weeks later, they shipped the stable version of that patch uh, as part of Patch Tuesday, and uh, now we flash forward two more weeks, and this past Tuesday, Microsoft released another preview update for something that will come out in uh, April's. So that's patch two Tuesday. D's in a row. Two D's in a row. Mm. Um, not in the announcement post, but rather in a separate. No, actually, let me step back. I'm sorry. In the announcement post for this cumulative update, they mentioned those features I talked about last week, Uh, three of the four of them that were in the release preview. And I alleged that these things hadn't been broadly tested in the Insider program. They just made their way into the release preview program. Since then, uh, someone reached out to me and said at least one of them, maybe two of them, actually had been in the dev channel at one point, uh, but they didn't follow the normal path to release. So they're they're minor features. It's not a huge deal, but I – I sort of, I think I made the comment that they'll appear in some fashion over the next couple of months. I didn't think they were going to wait for like a moment three type update, but I, you know, just based on the fact that they had come into the release preview program. So they, they appeared in a preview cumulative update yesterday. If you have Windows 11, 22 H2, you can go get it. You have to manually download it to get it. Um, there's nothing to look forward to. It's not particularly interesting, but, uh, there are three, I guess it's three new features, not four. And okay. But separately, Microsoft had a blog post and they had it. They hid it in their tech community blog to make sure no one read it that explained that they are in fact going to be doing preview releases, not every single month, but most months on week D. And they said it was kind of perfect timing because it's two weeks after patch Tuesday and two weeks before the next patch Tuesday. So if you want to test something before it comes out in, on patch Tuesday, uh, this would be the way. Now, uh, this isn't the first time this has come up, but you know, we, in the Windows world, have this notion of feature updates. I'll call it like capital F feature updates. These are version upgrades. This is the Windows 11 version 22H2, the coming 23H2, that kind of thing. Um, there are also like small F feature updates that are um, like moments, right? The moment one and moment two updates where uh, Microsoft considers these to be major small M updates that add- have multiple new features that are not Part of capital F feature updates. But now we also have these updates that deliver features, <laughs> right? which are just cumulative updates that also include security fixes, and bug fixes, and uh, they're kind of minor. And they're not, so they're not feature updates, capital F. They're not moment updates. They're, you know, and this is that whole thing. Like, hey, we're only doing one feature update a year. Just kidding. Are Aster, they kind of like Aster. update yeah.
0: snacks?
2: <laughs> yes. There you go. Yeah. Is this really a testing ground for getting to those major build versions twice a year? this is it does feel like they're trying to modernize the the insider update process
3: i feel so my i mean we can only speculate they don't really talk about this too much but back in 2015 i think january 2015 probably uh terry myerson i think first brought up the term windows as a service right we're going to upgrade windows as if it were a service you know here's this uh, kind of monolithic legacy software platform. We're going to pretend it's an online service. It's something we can update all the time. And there were lots and lots of problems. We talked about this incessantly sure. on the podcast over the years. Every time a feature update, capital F feature update, came out, something would break. You know, Kindles were crashing PCs, whatever it was.
1: Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. And, and, um, and I, not...
2: On the dev side, that was a problem too because often they were doing UX updates, Mm -hmm. and you had to get your IT guy to put those in if you wanted to use them in your apps for UWP. Like
3: exactly, yeah, it was not a good thing. Right, another can of worms. Where yes, you had to be on a very specific version of Windows 10 at the time to get new UWP uh, features. It was the whole thing was a mess. So Mm -hmm. I I guess you know, flash forward. What is it? Twenty? We're talking eight years later. Um, I mean, I hate to, I almost hate to admit this in a way, but. Because there are always going to be problems here and there, but I feel like that after that many years, maybe they've sort of figured it out. Mm. You know, I, mean, you're, does,
2: I think you're referencing the Chris Morrissey blog post because he also says continuous innovation for Windows 11, yes,
3: which is that groan-inducing term that Panos Panay always carts out. Um, mm. Which hey, is, we, yeah, we use that term in
2: dev all the time, but we're not updating your operating system.
3: Yeah, it's like I'm doing a get, like they're doing a get push to everyone's computer at once. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, what are you doing? Well, immediately, in the insiders, right? Like, well, but no, they're doing unstable too. That's my point. I mean, because yeah. that's, uh, you know, since Windows 11 version 22 H2 came out. There was there were two moment releases, mm-hmm. and now there is a another thing. I don't know. It's not a moment, but and there are
2: they are kind of optional, right? Like it doesn't install automatically. You can choose an in, in update to install it.
3: You can choose to update the preview version, but when it when the March I'm sorry, when the April version happens in two weeks, it's mandatory, right? Yeah. Now that doesn't mean it's going to just happen overnight. I mean the, the the normal process still applies, but if you check for updates, you're going to get it. You know that's there's no there's no avoiding it. Um. Look, we've complained enough about some of the issues over the past just six months to, to know it's not perfect, right? The, I think the actually the search pill is another example of the type mm-hmm. of update we're about to see, right? That's a non-moment update. Um, but it, that felt very much like an experiment. Yes, it did. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, of course, it was corrected eventually. But um, I, I, I believe the real experiment was that there was, can we get away with this? You know yeah well we'll make this one semi-minor well, and, ex- UI and except for that change. one
2: noisy writer online yeah except for that one dead. idiot on you know, the
3: podcast who can't shut up <laughs> um yeah. i don't even use the feature, but for want of a couple noticed, of screenshots just a couple of screenshots yeah, 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 everything exactly. would have been fine right. did he did he publish the book yeah change it <laughs> yeah exactly um <laughs> yeah, that's one thing, but I mean, look, it, it they lost functionality. It was a regression yeah. too. I mean, they they oh, lost Oh, you mean problem. Windows
2: 11? Did you say that out loud? I don't think you meant to say that
3: out loud. <laughs> Windows 11, the regression release. Really. So anyway, so um, here's the real I, question. I, yeah. Have they fixed the Acropolis? <laughs> yes, they have. Okay. Yes. Although, I that's a a a horrible uh word <laughs> for something so minor, right? Is this, it this is it minor? Is it minor? Let me just tell you a little story. Let me tell you on Windows Leo. No, no, I mean on Windows. It's not on minor on the uh, iPhone.
0: No, the iPhone is not. On Android it's it's a pixel thing. Yeah. But but on or, Windows, okay. I mean, the idea was the snipping tool if you crop still retains the uh the cropped right. parts of the image, right? Yep. Let me tell you why that's not minor. Let me tell you about a, <laughs> a young lady used to work for Tech TV. Oh,
3: okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she uh, she had a little personal Photo shoot, brought a photographer and got some great pictures. Some of them were, you know, a little grown up. Uh, not all of them, but one of them, she had a great expression on her face, and she thought, this should be my headshot, my avatar. This should be what I use uh, going forward. Cropped it down, put it out. Uh, even then, this is a 20-year-old flaw. I don't think it was in Windows. I think it was in Photoshop. Uh, uh, somebody discovered that, why, my goodness, the rest of her is still there. Yeah, you could, like, control-Z it back to where it was. Yeah, and um, so, m- to much embarrassment, I might add, on her part. Oh, no So uh, Okay, so, yeah. Uh, I still she think that this she is a, had released uh, this topless is what photos of I mean m- herself unwittingly,
3: basically. Yeah, that, you don't do that with a screenshot tool, though. <laughs> what I'm saying is... I guess you wouldn't. You're right. I mean, you would do I, it what, with I, what I meant by minor is, um, from a usage perspective, most people who are taking screenshots in Windows are yeah. probably taking screenshots in Windows. They're not yeah. taking... I mean, it could be a video capture or something. Absolutely. I mean, I know. that. I, I don't mean to say that there aren't instances where this could be bad for someone individually. What I mean is, broadly speaking. Broadly speaking was exactly the problem. No, but <laughs> broadly speaking on Windows, oh, it's not a sorry. big deal. I do agree on a mobile phone yeah. where people tend to take what you personal would use. pictures yeah. and send them to loved yeah. ones and whatever. Mm-hmm. But, yes, that could be a bigger problem. Um, Microsoft did fix it immediately, though. They did fix it very quickly, yeah. They, they could say. By it the it way, sufficiently that, concerning. if you want to be pro Microsoft about this event, you could say this proves the rationale for making that kind of a tool something that's updated through the store and not part of Windows. It yeah. doesn't have to wait for some release. You get it automatically. You don't do anything to get it. It just happens. The system works, right? I mean, the system you know, works. It, this is something that's um, what they said when Silicon Valley, Valley Bank done. collapsed.
0: The system <laughs> works. Huh. I
3: mean, not the crypto system, but, you know, the normal banking (laughs) system is probably okay. Um, I see this. I I switched back to Pixel recently. I see, you know, you look at what's being updated. You see things that are apps. You see things that are kind of like system things, but they're updated to the Play Store. Um, Apple does this on uh, iOS and and Mac and wherever else. I mean, we've broken these things up in such ways that different pieces of the system can be updated in different ways. So, anyway, it's... You know, not so long ago, a problem with like what people think of as screenshots, which is like a system capability, right, would be hard uh, to would fix. Require a Windows yeah. update of some kind, which means yeah. people could avoid it. You know, yeah. and these days that happens through an app, and now you can just slip kind of it way. right in. Yeah, no one even yep. notices. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. Yeah, and that's nice because there are probably very few instances of anyone on Windows being harmed by this, if any, and now there won't be. Right. That's it's nice. That's yeah. what I mean. That's what I mean. That's fair. Yeah. I'm just I just like the name Acropolis. That's all. Yeah, it's good See, I, you know, I'm, I'm usually a <laughs> fan of names like that. It's just so overblown in this case. It's
0: like the it isn't exactly an like you know? apocalypse.
3: It's, uh, it's just like, know. yeah, you know, all these people taking, <laughs> yeah. you know, screen grabs with uh, the snipping tool, <laughs> the, the billions but, of but, people. But that. Microsoft
0: does want you to use that. Right. I mean, they made a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. No, it. The, or, yeah. At least Panos right. Panay made a big deal about it. Sure.
3: Sure, I uh, can't wait to see those topless shots of Panos Panay. But yeah, that'll sure. be
0: that'll be something to look forward to. <laughs> Uh Canary, yeah. So so they did. So now it's it, alpha, it's alpha beta gamma. Is now what release alpha beta gamma release beta so canary? canary.
3: They've added a Canary channel, which is akin to what you know the daily. Well, Chrome started that, daily, I think, but you know, right? web browsers is a, canary, a daily yeah. Canary yeah. channel, right? Um, my theory on that one, and you know, just a theory, is that's Windows 12, right? That's where they're going to test Windows 12 stuff. And it's um, a it's a daily build. No, it's not. That's I, I, as I said that I'm like actually there the are d- there versions, are dailies. D- canary tends to be daily in web browsers. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, it's not daily. I'm sure it's daily internal at Microsoft, but no, not not and, for
2: And, the, and they're using the canary term as in canary in the coal mine. Is it? I it dies first. I think they right. are. Yeah. Either I guess they could have called it Kenny,
3: but that Kenny.
0: Would, <laughs> would be good. Yeah. <laughs> Microsoft like Windows it. Kenny. I
3: like it. Yeah.
2: Yep. You killed oh, Kenny.
3: Killed Kenny. <laughs> yep. Just yeah, he's an orange hood. as the symbol. That's it, right? um, yeah. yeah. So I think that's where, I think this is where we're going to start seeing some Windows 12 stuff, right? It doesn't mean that, ex- you know, exclusively. So for example, the new Canary build this past week has uh, what I would call an evolved UX uh, for the widget board. Um could that appear in Windows 11 before there's a Windows 12? Obviously, right? I mean, I think right now I, I, this is another step in the you know in whatever gets released to people at some somewhere down the road. But I think someday we're going to start seeing stuff that is going to hold off until Windows 12. So nothing, nothing major here. I mean, most people I would imagine ignore or turn off widgets right now. Um, but we saw in I think actually I think it was in Moment 2 they added the full screen widget, you know, UI. Um, if you want to use the floating pane, it, currently it's two columns. It's going to be three columns, you know, exciting. Uh, and then some stuff we're starting to see actually elsewhere in the um, inside of program, like the USB 4 settings page, for example, is not unique to Canary. We've seen it elsewhere. So that's almost certainly going to appear in Windows 11 before there's a Windows 12. So nothing, nothing huge going on here, but, you know, maybe someday
0: uh okay all right i'm done uh, defending microsoft now okay (laughs) (laughs) you know actually before you get into this uh because i liked your i liked your rant unfortunately you have to be a not unfortunately fortunately you have to be a Mm thorough premium member to read this Mm -hmm. but did you hear uh, steve gibson's rant from yesterday i did not talk to me ah Mm uh because this segues nicely into your rant okay Um, And I thought I would like to get Richard's take on it. So apparently, Microsoft has decided if you're using an older, unsupported version of Exchange, (laughs) the email you send from it will no longer be accepted by Microsoft properties like Outlook. Like it just will say, you know, you're, you know, if Mm -hmm. you're, you know, maybe you, uh, Richard, were running an outdated version of Exchange. I know you never would. Uh, and, uh, and 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 uh, family members decided to use it to send mail. That mail would be rejected at all uh, Microsoft uh, hosted mail sites. And Steve was a little offended by that, saying basically, "Well, you've broken, you know, you you've broken email for the, you know, plainly venal purposes
2: of making money of getting people to update." Your thoughts? Well, I mean the ar- the argument is that there have been several. Major breaches. Oh, God. Involving exchange, old exchange servers. Yeah. Yes. Even not old Exchange servers. Yeah.
0: But uh, uh, th- is the mail sent by such servers uh,
2: dangerous? Well, it, with those breaches comes BCE type attacks. Like, that, there, therein lies the problem. Like, they, that Hafnium exploit was an end to end exploit of, of Exchange. And while the current versions of the Exchange server got patches. To protect against hafnium the old ones don't like all those small business server editions that people may still be running they're not there are no patches for that like you're basically in you know the opposite the alternative to this um, is saying patch every version of exchange at the beginning of time
3: well what what's the cutoff for this uh, exchange version thing uh, what's the issue like what we're well, talking be, 2003 and older 2007 and older uh,
2: 2013 the- goes out of patch like in the next month I see it's ten years so, I mean, therein lies the problem is there's plenty of Exchange servers floating around out there. And so how do you – and they were the ones that didn't get patched in the first place. Right. Right. This is, like,
3: this is an unsolvable problem. You either support these products for 10 years or you don't, right? Mm-hmm. But Then you run into exceptions where there's some huge percentage of companies, in this case, out in the world running this thing. Or some government comes to you. This happened with um, Windows XP, which had long been out of support. Yeah, and the UK government came to Microsoft and said, "Look, our hospitals are all being held for ransomware. You got to help us fix this." Yeah, and as Terry Myerson said at the time, "What am I going to do? Not fix this problem? Yeah. I mean, we get it; it's out of support. But uh, you know, so sometimes what? you have to do the right thing, right?" Yeah, um, it, this is a hard one. Um,
2: but, this is, but this is a, a series of dramatic breaches. They're going yeah. to continue. It's a vehicle for propagating hacks. And so, you know, the idea so, that they, that does they would Microsoft have a
3: free upgrade they could offer companies to fix this problem. Yeah, that's
2: <laughs> an interesting point. Like, at least bundle this with a discount for show yeah, us your entire right? old server. And we give you a year of exchange mm-hmm. online. Exactly. Right. Like, at least sweeten the pot a little. I mean, yep. I, I I get the problem because I've lived it, right? Like my server was got swept by the hafnium hack. It didn't get breached for some configuration reasons, but that's just <laughs> dumb luck on my part, right? Like, and and that you in the end they mostly fixed hafnium by by exploiting the breach to patch them.
3: Richard, you probably remember this. What was the? It was an IIS slash SQL attack from a million years ago where code it, red. Your home well your it was your homepage was replaced with you've been hacked by the Chinese. So, yeah, <laughs> Do you remember that one? That yeah. was so I got it. I I was yeah. hit by that. Oh, you got it. Nice. But, but I wasn't really because it only worked if your www root was folder was in the default location. Oh, right. But I always moved mine to a different drive. So in my default location, there was an HTML file that you know default.html or whatever that said. You've been hacked by the Chinese. They're like, no, I haven't. It didn't get loaded. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. Because I was lucky, right? Yeah. That was the only
2: reason. Same thing. My internal name and my external name for my mail servers are different, and the system wasn't set up for that. And so it got all the way in, but then didn't know yep. the name of the server and couldn't continue. Okay. It is
0: better to be lucky than good. I think we've come to this conclusion. <laughs> <Yes>. <There laughs> it's it's some, good to be both. It would be nice to be uh, both, but if you had uh, to yeah. choose.
2: I mean, that being (laughs) said, it doesn't stop me from putting Tony Redman on Run As Radio to rant thoroughly about this. Like, that will be a good half hour. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I
0: think Steve, he's an old timer, and his position really is that email should be sacrosanct. And if you've got a problem with, you know, buggy servers, which are your fault, that you don't want to patch, which is your fault, you shouldn't punish. You shouldn't break email as a way of, you know, letting people know. That this, you,
3: this couldn't be a better segue into what I wanted to talk about then, because this is perfect. That's why mm-hmm. I brought it up. This is perfect. Tell me, Paul. The, so a couple of weeks ago, if you subscribe to Microsoft 365 family or um, personal, you probably saw a Windows Defender icon appear in your start menu. And you thought, what the heck is this stupid thing? <laughs> I already have some, I already have security on my computer. It's built in. Microsoft is do- going down a path that they went down 20 25 years ago which is they're they're they're, re- they're responsible for insecurities in Windows and now they're charging you to fix those problems through a security project. <laughs> it's product, a win-win it. Paul. <laughs> See, I would say for the user that's a lose-lose. Lose-lose. <laughs> but
0: well, you know, it's a now, zero-sum game, you know.
3: Now this one uh, didn't impact me too too much because I mean I'm paying for this service anyway. I I, I didn't pay for it for Windows Defender. I pay for it for OneDrive storage and for the desktop office apps and all that kind of stuff. But I've always had a problem with this, and I had a problem with it back in the day. You know, I don't remember the exact time frame but this, early 2000s. Microsoft uh, released a product called OneCare, Windows Live OneCare. was a monthly or annual subscription service where they would fix the problems, the security and uh, the security problems of Windows. Now, the argument at the time, and, and now the argument today, because I've heard from a guy who worked in that team at Microsoft who's very upset with me for having this opinion, is that uh, well? There are these third-party companies, McAfee and Norton, et cetera, who are stroking users for monthly or annual subscriptions that they, you know, be- that are more expensive than what Microsoft was charging. And I said, yeah, but Microsoft created that industry. See, if you just secured Windows from the get-go, they would not be necessary. And the other thing I would just point out is that whatever you think of those companies, I think they're worthless, personal, personally, but. Uh, they do, uh, they have expanded their offerings to include other types of services related to privacy and security and whatnot. And so there's a whole suite of functionality there. If, if you feel safer or want that kind of stuff, I mean, God love you, but um, they have kind of changed with the times. Um, the reason I wrote something recently about this, not this specific topic I just mentioned, but this topic of Microsoft and their business practices and their behavior in general is that. They apparently have not changed over time because the Microsoft I knew and loved when I was coming up as a younger guy, this belligerent monopolist from the 1990s that was destroying companies and lives left and right, kind of transitioned into a post-antitrust saccharine sweet Sachin Adela era thing where we love open source and Linux is no longer a cancer and everything's great and let's all ring around the rose, not ring around the rose, that's a terrible song, but let's run around in a circle with flowers in our hair. And, 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 and in fact is, uh,
0: is yeah. tied to the, uh, the, the black plague of uh, 16- 16. Yes. Yeah,
3: exactly. You're thinking more kumbaya not yeah, popping yeah, up I, your lights. <laughs> yeah. Ashes, ashes, so, we all fall <laughs> down. Fall down. Yeah, it turned it into like a Freddy Krueger movie there, but anyway um... <laughs> It is amazing to me in a kind of, it's like riding a bike kind of a way that Microsoft could now, especially during the Sacha Nadella era, kind of turn back to their old way of doing things, right? This is the company that created teams to destroy Slack that had to be bought by Salesforce to buy, you know, that is now suing them. This is the company that is currently Um, uh, actually in negotiations to settle with uh, cloud companies from Europe, which maybe Richard ties into what you're going to talk to at the end of the show or not. I'm not sure, but um, Microsoft is currently under investigation in the the EU for uh, unfairly taking on these cloud, uh, like kind of third party cloud vendors in in Europe. Um, This is the company that, Forces you used to use the Edge web browser, even when you've specifically told it through its obtuse and useless user interface in Windows 11 that I want to use Chrome or Brave or Firefox or whatever it is that you chose to use. You know, this is the company that continuously advertises uh, products and services inside of its products and services, even though I'm not paying. I'm already paying for those products and services. How do you not I know I saw
0: your, uh, your tweet, I think it was. Maybe it was on Mastodon. I'm hoping. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of the, he's saying, "Would you please? I what do I need to do to get you? Yeah, to stop yeah well, I'm, I'm begging you, stop. Uh,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm sure your AI is perfect. How come this simpler thing is stupid? <laughs> like what, what? What? I, you know, it doesn't make any sense to me. We don't need raids I, now. I, we I have AI.
0: Yeah, I think maybe there's a case. You know, this AI pause. Maybe there's a case that we shouldn't let AI get any smarter. It's just making us dumber.
3: Hmm." Oh, AI, AI have, is not that smart is, in the first place. Yeah, that's like, true. All right, it's, 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 it's this artificial is the, dumbness. You, you know, we're on the porch. You kid, you know, kids these days, argument. Of course, yeah. I mean, yeah. we live in. I, I've already been uh, uh, upset with myself needing to use Google Maps to get anywhere in a car. Like I can't I like drive anywhere. You're any right. Way around, right. You're right. I have no um, idea. Th- there are so many examples of this dumbening.
0: It would be it's a good day. I uh, we're
3: speaking emojis now. I mean, people good new say video game
0: to to give people. One of those uh, Thompson guides and say, can you find your way
2: across town? Yeah. Well, you to know, just figure out where you are.
0: Yeah. Where yes. are you?
2: This, But this does <laughs> feel on, like old man shakes fist at cloud. Right? Uh, like, that's our,
0: the, welcome to the show, uh, Richard. Yeah. Glad you've discovered it. You, you
2: super- don't need to grow your own food. You don't need to make your own electricity. <laughs> this is, okay, no, no. Well,
3: yeah. For a hundred percent. When cars first came out, you had to be a qualified mechanic to even own such a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, even qualified mechanics can't repair them because no. they're computers. yeah you you, which know? <laughs> you you plug
2: into it and ask it how it feels right Right, like
3: that's, right No, I listen, I recognize that part of the argument. I believe me i I, I do get that, but I do, anyway, just bring it back to Microsoft. Um, I, think I I'll, this, I'll
2: grab the point that I like the most from that whole rant, Paul, which is okay. any time. A piece of equipment that I have purchased interrupts me yes. to try and encourage me to purchase yes. something else or to, uh, you know, yeah. to put its priorities ahead of my own, yeah. it that's, is wrong.
3: That's the insertification. That's that the insertification. Yeah. God bless Cory yep. Doctorow for yep. coming out. Eating up that your term. seed corn. I thanked him for it. He was on his on per- Sunday. It is perfect. I said, we, we, Every we, time we, I have a Teams meeting and I'm talking to someone live on video and it pops something up in the blocks the video it says, hey, <laughs> Paul, did you know you could be sharing an Excel spreadsheet right now? Yeah. If like said, Hey, did you know? Because it's you, you should know I'm in a meeting, you freaking <laughs> idiot. And why are you interrupting me? I mean, it's it's crazy. So, anyway, I, yes, I, I'm increasingly, I, Microsoft is so under the radar right now. They are mm. such an Oldsmobile from a kind of a brand perspective that. I feel like they're getting away with stuff that they might not have otherwise were it not for the fact that antitrust regulators right now are a little busy yeah. with Google.
2: But then and, the Bing AI up, and, thing came along. Like, that's what was weird. This seemed to yes. be a game they'd been playing for a decade Yep, of kind of staying under the radar, being number two, yes. you know, staying out of trouble with all of that. And then suddenly it's not that way anymore, right? No, like they, they, they do this thing in first place.
3: The thing and, is, I, I, I the only thing I ha- I mean, I'm not – I don't want to take, I don't want to say this the wrong way. I don't mean I want Microsoft to fail. I, I really, I don't mean it like that. But Microsoft does not have a good history of being first with anything. No tech company does. <laughs> okay.
2: They all um, suck
3: at it. Yeah. They're
2: used to chasing. That's what they
3: know. And the moment they aren't,
2: they're kind of lost.
3: Yeah. Right, right. So this is them coming out of the gate first with this stuff is very interesting. They have clearly opened a Pandora's box of competition uh, from all quarters, big and small. And, you know, we'll see how it all, you know, falls out. But, you know, we saw little bits of this, you know, the pandemic happened and everything was free. And then the pandemic ended and all, now we have Teams Room Pro and we have um, Teams Pro. <laughs> and, and we you know, all of a sudden everything's like extra. And it's like, I'm sorry, you're charging me for things that were free before now? What What is happening here? Um, this is when you kind of realize what this company is all about. And by the way, I, I, I have all my uh, all these theories. I've talked about my theories about Windows 12 and AI and NPUs and, and everything. I have a theory that the reason they did this right now is that they could see that they were going to have a, a lean several quarters, post-pandemic kind of falling apart type of thing. And they said, how can we bump the stock price and the revenues? And they were like, unleash the AI hounds, baby. This will, this will make the post-pandemic malaise go away. Well, right. I get in the giggles that, like,
2: when you speak of Microsoft as a uniform entity of any I, yes, kind. Yes, thank you. Not even close.
3: Well, absolutely that's, fair. That's, but there is I like a, the,
2: the chat. The chat GPT ends up with 100 million users in two months, yes. and the Bing team
3: goes, hey, yep. wait yep. A We never right. got that ever, not once. Yeah. Right.
2: So this dynamic yep. between the different teams competing with each other. And go. pressing against each other. The politics of all of that creates this belligerency. Yeah. Like it's so much harder to have a you know agency over this giant beast. But the you know, far more it, likely you, thing you is you have individual so competitive groups.
3: You made the absolutely correct point that Microsoft is not this giant jellyfish organization where everything moves together. Absolutely true. But Microsoft is also an organ a giant organization of Upward mobility types, and they know that if they're not, they don't see AI on everything, they're not going anywhere. Right. And that's why everything is going to be AI now at Microsoft, right? Yes. They, this is just you like you have was, to tell them. I bet Sachin Nadella did tell them, but you yeah. don't have to. Anyone who's anyone is going to AI the hell out of everything they're doing. Um, and but, it, it, just, it's it's the path to promotion right like this is
2: individuals make taking an opportunity the same yeah. as as they active would everything and they Azure'd everything and they dot netted everything
3: like yeah but this is i mean yes but this time i, I don't remi- i don't i don't want to no. misquote this i don't know if it was jeffrey fowler from the washington post or if this maybe it was a an editorial in the new york times if somebody pointed out this is a month ago microsoft has these ai ethics guidelines there are seven of them Mm. and uh, bing chat broke six of them right and the team got <laughs> let go
2: and it's wrote like them. you've
3: got to be kidding me like yeah so the something you know i don't know if someone backed into the spigot but whatever happened it opened and and now we're just throwing caution to the wind you know
2: yeah for and, now you know the this, yeah.
3: there's one group
2: of the the fast movers are the fast movers the, you know, the legal and the concerned folks are a little bit slower moving. Like, and this is a hype cycle. Right. Right. Let's not forget, uh, you know, next comes the trough of disillusionment. But you know, Make but, sure you know what <laughs> side you are on as you head into the trough.
3: But the difference for Microsoft, just, just very specifically Microsoft, mm. if you look at the past, you can pick your time frame, several years, 10 years, 15, whatever it is. There have been these hype cycles, like you said they they've been very microsoft focused right so like microsoft teams is something i think people out in the world like my wife has heard of because she has to deal with it sometimes yeah. but that's about as close as you can get to anything like this this is this is broad mainstream appeal evening news local newspapers like by the way this by is, accident right like that's what i mean it's by crazy. accident like yeah
2: so this they, not, they um, stumbled into an experiment that resonated with 100 million people that apparently were desperate for existential conversations with a yep. piece of software. And, yep. and it, then a marketing PR team inside of Microsoft grabbed onto it and ran yeah. with it. And so far, so good. Bing AI it's had that uptake.
3: That, you know, Microsoft, not your father's Oldsmobile, right? Yeah. Uh, we can overcome that little bit of brand dissonance they people it's like it's bing? bing oh is it bing okay it's bing i guess it's bing so now like, we we just accept that you know now this is okay
2: yeah now uh, i have a conversational t- yeah, yeah, I have yeah a good conversation with a bad search engine
3: excellent that's right i know anyhow i i i feel like i good and bad that it came out of all microsoft's antitrust stuff for sure mm-hmm. um i i and, and the antitrust no, ended deal. in
2: 2011, right? The consent decree ended yeah. in 2011. It's been gone longer than it's existed.
3: I know. I know. But we entered the, you know, Sachin what was it, 2013? 2013,
2: 2013, you know. But uh, yeah, that build event in 2014 was when you first really saw Sachin doing his thing with a three-hour keynote, yeah, followed yeah. by him, in, you know. <laughs>
3: Well, you know, the kinder... Follow, followed by him insulting the whole Microsoft. Grace
2: Hopper conference, and then he went to CEO school. Like, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah,
3: yeah. We don't remember yep. that. That's uh, um, that's a good... Uh good memory it's always guess, good it. when the ceo of the company refers to your product as my office at the time 365 yeah <laughs> you know, uh, which is exactly what we all call no. it um, a, a, but it's a step ahead of ms
2: was amazing too like a year later he had been to ceo school that's and he
3: was slick yeah because all i remember you know. is him as a, as a slick CEO I
2: yeah that first that. year that was a bumpy first year i told yeah, you the
3: first time i ever met him ward ralston introduced him to me he was he had was part of the Windows Server team. I was there yeah. for reviewers' workshop. Cont- uh, he had hair. Workshop. I'd never heard of this guy. So yeah, I shook his hand and I said, "Oh, good, fresh meat." Oh, <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> 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 yep. Oh my God!
0: Paul.
3: That was my one time. <laughs> oh, That's so great! He never. It's weird. St- he hasn't seen you me again. since. Yeah.
0: I, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! All right. On that note, yeah. uh, can we take a break, or are you finished sure. uh, ranting? Light of ranting I'm no it actually wasn't a rant it was kind <laughs> it of
3: mild held. I was hoping for more to be honest to be frank I'm just I'm just pointing out that this kinder gentler Microsoft I think has disappeared yeah. it's uh well you know I've been
2: reading
0: uh, the, you know all these sad departures
2: yeah uh, no, they're, they're not being kind and gentle to their own people no, like, it really no. is an odd I know it's a culture crazy. hit
3: yep. and, yeah and that by the way that's that's a, the other point on in that the list of points right I mean mm-hmm. The way, not just the way they've gotten rid of people, but who they've gotten rid of, yeah, uh, makes no sense. It's, but but
0: everybody's doing, and I don't, I really don't understand it because these are all profitable, highly yep. profitable businesses. I mean, usually yes. you don't lay people off, especially in 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 five figure numbers, unless uh, you know you're in trouble. Right. So it's just it's
3: I mean, same thing at all these other companies too. It's really um, well, that's the right. I I can't hold Microsoft. Any more accountable than no, any other big tech it. company, but I do yeah, think no, it's
2: But that's only if you're if you're me. But if you're me, doing it, it's the ten thousand people on a, at eight a.m. on a Monday, and mm-hmm. then it's over. This yeah. rolling drag three months, it out. Oh my god! Over and over and over again. Like yeah. I, it's so demoralizing right. to the and
0: I you uh, know the rest of the company. Basically, all my Twitter feed is now is people saying goodbye. Um,
2: mm-hmm. Which, in a way, is not. <laughs> You're well, right. and, also, kind of you're and also, looking for it's what and also shocked, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's the thing. It's like, yeah. it's, yeah, it's yeah. not
0: just that they're being after like, after oh, 10, 10 years working signing. on Azure and yeah. 20 years at the company, I'm now
2: looking and for it, work.
3: It's like, right. oh my God. Which is not something those kinds of people should be thinking about. Yeah.
2: Well, not either that, that or not that I don't think they're going to get scooped up, right? Like, generally speaking we still have a lot of jobs in tech that need to be filled well this
0: is what's interesting and they're not in big tech companies that there are huge numbers of openings in normal companies like mine and yours that we we can't get these people because big
2: tech's been s- stealing them effectively yeah with stock options and, and now they're and arguably over stole them like back yeah, two, yeah. they hired oh, we got forty thousand people in 2022 yep Right, like that's just a lot of people, but they're going back into the workplace, and uh, yeah, I hope you're finding a gainful yeah. employee. I and I think you know, Paul makes his point. It's like it sure feels like there's fear for the latter half of this year in terms of revenue. Well, hey, look what's happened with PCs. Let's uh, all of these markets. I think this is the bump after the pandemic yeah. and the re- and the bump from the did, supply chain you, problems.
3: The point I had made months ago was: did, did we not understand that there was an irrational euphoria? in big tech during the pandemic that this thing that was you know floating their boat there was gonna stop like eventually the pandemic doesn't it it was the hard stop i think we were all looking for but it wound down no the buying spree ends right i mean you know amy uh hood the cfo of microsoft came out during you can find it it's in a conference call she's like we had no idea how important windows i mean uh, our mistake uh, what the what? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Why would you say that out loud? Yeah. Even if it's true, don't say that. That's Quite stupid. Part out loud. Yeah. 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 Windows. What, who knew? I we yeah. Who knew? I don't know. Maybe the eight to eleven billion in revenues it earns every quarter might have been there. <laughs> who knew? We didn't know. You know, and
2: yeah. nothing. No. Totally surprised. It was a shock totally. to us. Yeah, yeah. but sometimes that language is for a market reaction right right this is not about what they actually think it's what they need to say oh that's interesting. but i can't uh, find a way uh, to justify yeah. tormenting your staff for three months no. like, well, that no, and, and especially in the bizarre. wake of
3: massive overstaffing that occurred yeah. everywhere in big tech right yes. and that's what i mean it's not just microsoft i, I they're not alone in this but I don't understand how, how you couldn't have seen that this was temporary. Yeah, you overhired by 10,000 people, so you tortured 200,000. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the math. Oh, and among them, some of your longest-term employees, yeah. mm-hmm. right? The, the public faces of things in many mm-hmm. cases, uh, excellent speakers, excellent communicators. Um, it just, what are you doing? Yeah.
2: And, of course, you they are crying all the way to the bank with big severances. Sure. But um, and and speaking kindly of them being tossed aside unceremoniously, (laughs) maybe that's that's why you
0: do that now because you you've got the money to fire them equitably.
2: Is that possible? At the same time, like why do it so noisily? Like how how does the what is the PR value of letting these people go publicly? Right, and and slowly over time, like it baffles me. Right.
0: Uh, Let's take a little break. If you don't mind, I'd like to talk about our fine sponsor. Brand new, actually. Lookout. Welcome. Welcome, Lookout. Welcome. Uh, Business has changed, as you probably noticed, and I think probably forever. Um, Boundaries to where we work or even how we work have disappeared. We're hybrid. We're remote. We're on-prem. But it means your data is always moving around, right? Hybrid, remote, on-prem, whether it's on a device, in the cloud, across networks, or at the local coffee shop. Now, that's wonderful for your workforce. They're happy, but it's a challenge for IT security, as you might imagine. Lookout Lookout helps you control your data and free your workforce. You can do both. With Lookout, you'll gain complete visibility into all your data. You can maximize security and minimize risk from external and internal threats, plus ensure compliance by seamlessly securing hybrid work your organization doesn't have to sacrifice productivity and employee happiness for security. Lookout makes IT uh, security much much simpler. But, you know, you you probably feel that pain of working with multiple point solutions and legacy tools, uh, and doing that in 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 the in the challenging environment we've got today is is just it's too complex. It's a recipe for disaster. With its single, unified platform, Lookout reduces IT complexity, giving you more time to focus on whatever comes your way. Good data protection shouldn't be a cage. It's a springboard letting you and your organization bound toward a future of your making. Visit Lookout.com today to learn how to safeguard your data, secure hybrid work, reduce IT complexity. It's simple, Lookout.com. We thank them and... Welcome them to Windows Weekly, and good to have you bored. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Theroux. What you know, uh, and and Richard Campbell when he gets back from his T
3: tea run, um, Teams is looking much more svelte these days. No, so uh, Microsoft kind of teased this a few months back. Uh, we've known it was coming. You know, the old Teams was based on Electron, um, and so now they're up, they're they're back, or they're announcing, and we'll. Roll out broadly in the next couple of months, the new version of Teams, which sounds like an Apple product, right? It's two times faster. It uses 50% less memory. Like these are big numbers, right? This is, you know, how awful was the other app? Well, have you used it? So actually these things kind of make sense. The big thing to me though, isn't so much, you know, there's a new design sort of, it still looks like Teams to me, but the big thing here is going to be the multiple profile support, uh, which is something... We've had on teams on mobile, but not on desktop, which has never made a lot of sense. Um, but we're getting it now finally on like what I would call big teams, you know, the the, the mainstream desktop clients. Big so, boy, we teams. argue
2: this is the solution to
3: tenantitis. Yeah. <laughs> what's tenantitis?
2: <laughs> so wait a uh, minute, what's that? Tennis
0: problem? No, no, wait. <laughs> is that when your elbow hurts? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Your elbow definitely hurts because you keep having to switch between accounts to see which one can I actually oh. go to this meeting on. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, I've got <laughs> exactly the right. thing that says, G- yep. go join meeting, but I yep. can't join the meeting because it's in one of the other tenants. Right. And for better or worse, because I'm often a beta tester on this stuff, I have a tenant that's just marked Microsoft. There you go. And it, what it does is break things. Like, never click on that. Because the scary part about the full Teams client is, it'll actually change the security association of Windows when you switch that tenant. Like all kinds of apps suddenly break because I'm now a different person inside this machine. Okay. And so then you get into the problem between the the Azure identity and the MSA, the original Microsoft identity. And heaven help you if you happen to use the same email
3: address for both because you didn't know. And now the order of login matters. uh, Yes, this is the... The dumbest thing Microsoft has ever allowed yep someone on a corporate account or what I call a worker school account uh, to use that as a Microsoft account. And then God help them, they start subscribing to Xbox services yep. or making purchases or whatever it is. And it's like, guys you are going to lose everything because there's there no transition. Listen, I don't that. end
2: the identity problem inside of Microsoft is a legacy problem. It's decades and decades of stuff. I'm I've been calling identity the third rail of Microsoft yeah. because <laughs> it, it <laughs> destroys careers inside of Microsoft to try yeah. and solve
3: that problem. It, it's unbelievable. This is uh, I'm afraid you, what you have done is um, you've kicked the woodpile and the cockroaches mm-hmm. are going to start coming out and the snakes because. Million years ago, Microsoft offered this way I, in IE, I guess, where you could kind of switch between uh, Microsoft accounts, right, at, on the fly. And then they got rid of it because it was some big problem. Who knows? It's And I'm talking this like 20 years ago. it's a long time ago. And um, people still ask for this. Or they'll ask for like, well, um, they, must, they must someday offer the ability for me to transition from one Microsoft account to another. This would solve that work and school account problem where you turn that into a Microsoft account. You maybe lost your job. You're leaving school. Whatever it is, you're like, well, I want all that stuff. Can I move it over to a you know an Outlook.com account? It's like, no, Yeah. Nope. You can't. No. Um,
2: and and you understand how this happened, right? Like you think back yeah. to you know before Azure at all. It's like each of these different Microsoft properties had its own identity stack. Yep. There were dozens of them. Yeah. The idea that we can consolidate that, like that's this third is rail .Net stuff, passport. man.
3: Remember that? Well, yeah. You know,
2: you, of course you remember. But I, the we were there. Yeah. They were, they yep. were trying to do OAuth long before OAuth. Of course, they also timed the announcement of that right as they were declared a pernicious monopoly. So that went well. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's like, that's right. Hey, we may be a monopoly, that's but right. give us all your identity information.
3: Well, this is right. So, yeah, that's a, um, Microsoft had an initial, it was dot in my services, a uh, Hailstorm announcement mm-hmm. where they actually had a bunch of partners show up. American Express was one. Yeah. Uh, they were all going to do this. And then within, I want to say two, three months, yeah, Every one over. of them, but I uh, backed out. They were like, they, like we're absolutely you, not doing this.
2: And it's not because the technology uh, was bad. It was a PR yep, was, catastrophe. The timing was, was horrifying. Yep, yep. And and it's kind of amazing that nobody sort of took a step back after those announcements. It is. And, and said, hey, this is going to go badly for us.
3: This is exactly the argument that companies did not make with Apple and Google with the mobile app store initially, at least mm-hmm. not in force, which was we don't want another company standing between us and our customers. Right. And uh, it, it, with Microsoft, they said no. With Apple, they were like, eh.
2: "Well, Apple, had, <laughs> you Apple, know, you may get in." Apple didn't set out to make the store; they needed to because the phone had been jailbroken. Yeah. Yeah. And their whole pitch was, "Here's how we stop this from exploiting the phone. Right? right? We're going to take the liability that it go through this. We we vet it. It's going to be okay, and we'll take thirty percent,
3: whatever. You know. Sure.
2: All right. oh, yeah, and you can't like, speak to your like, customer directly no, anymore. So yeah, yeah, that's just a given. Right? It was in the notes." It, it the other the, the other thing about the team's announcement is it's the end of Electron, right? Yeah, well, at least for right. teams. Yeah, well, a lot of other listen,
0: things use Electron. You think it's the end of Electron? That would be so great. Well, I think it's a shot <laughs> over the bow. My presumption when GitHub It's not also acquired. the end of UWP and uh, well, all the other the, Microsoft
2: technologies. They rejected in favor of React, right? Well,
0: <laughs> <laughs> they're all dead.
2: It's, well, and they're all dead in a, in a in a coffin called Maui, but you know yeah, they're doing, they're not they're doing their, Maui, their best right? to keep. They're trying to keep that one alive. Like at least they're consolidating there. We'll see how. it why goes. Why didn't they? Just out of curiosity, do you? Know? Why didn't they? What?
0: Why, why are they using? I mean, I'm I'm happy to see them using React, but I'm just that's isn't that a Facebook tool? I mean, I'm just surprised. Well, a yeah, bit. but it's
3: they have they're just going where developers are. You know, yeah. I'm surprised well, they haven't adopted Flutter at this point. Honestly. Yeah, you know, that it, would be hysterical.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's also a phenomenally good tool, right? Like, it, yeah. it therein yeah. lies the real problem. Do you remember when uh, when they wanted to move all of the Bing blogs to an active service page solution, and, and the ASP guys didn't want to do it, so they moved to WordPress, and that meant actually wow. using the MySQL backend too. Wow. So that was SQL Server yeah. guys are like, "What the, you know." Yeah. If you just go best of breed for technologies, sometimes you send a message to your customers or prospective customers too. So, you know they're yeah. they're they're definitely up against this. But the the bottom line was there was an expectation that electron with electron being more closely soed with Microsoft, it was going to get dramatically better, and that didn't happen. Is that well, electrons
0: GitHub, right? That's right. So because Microsoft, um, but it yeah. predates Microsoft with GitHub.
2: Without a doubt, <laughs> they they bought yes. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yep. Yeah. And so the assumption was now the Windows team and the Electron team are going to be friendly and there's going to be optimizations that happen in Windows to allow Electron to perform better. It's like make Windows the best Electron host possible. Does not appear to have happened. Yeah. And the the proof is they moved off of it. (laughs) Right. I mean, the fact that they would move away from that and and do an alternative rather than just like, you own the stack, why not improve it? What else is wrong then? That you've decided that the better way to improve this is to do it a different way.
3: Right. So the new one is React, isn't it? Is that uh, the is that the technology? They replaced
0: Angular. They're not using um I'm trying to find where where I saw this. I, I mean I, what what I'm basing this on is a is a tutor a tweet from somebody saying what, what Yeah. Look how That's Microsoft weird. didn't use Maui, didn't hey, use Hey listen, UWP, at this point as long use... as
3: it's not AI, I'll take it. I yeah.
0: Don't care. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think it's React and WebView, right? Something like that.
2: But and a lot of that has is to do everything to do with timing, right? Maui is still yeah. very new. This has been in the works clearly for years, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and so now they're finally getting to a well, place where it, you know they they had to they had to do it a different way, and so yeah, going from
3: angu- electron and angular to webview two and react, which is more modern. You, I, not to, I don't want to get off on a massive sidetrack, but it's mm-hmm. possible that the future of Maui, which is Microsoft's kind, sort of flutter like cross platform development. Suite or whatever Xamarin replaces Xamarin forms replacement is this integration they have with Blazor, which is a web app technology. And maybe that is maybe that's where that goes in the future. Yeah. Maybe that this thing that is now kind of an add on, you know, um, optional the, piece, maybe that becomes
2: the, the logical implementation is WebAssembly, right? Like that is the logical yep. way to do this. Yep. The, 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 the advantage of operating in the context of the browser is you already have a security perimeter. Right When I put yeah. my IT guy hat on, what do I want? Stop installing software on my computer. They're all vulnerability problems. We already have a browser, so as long as you can run in that context, we know what the security envelope's like. Life is good. Just don't
3: make yeah. it suck. So, right. So that, right, it's, it, in a very general way, what you basically just said was, this uses the good part of the browser, right. whereas Electron is like the bad part of the browser. It's like, we want something as big and heavy as Chrome, but... <laughs> yeah.
2: We're, we're going to take dependencies on Chrome, so <laughs> you you're know, going to see all these Chrome instances. The but we're also going to work in JavaScript yeah. so that we make the most un, unmanageable piece of code we possibly can. <laughs> right? right? And, you know, exactly. and, and, you know, it may be somewhat functional and somewhat object-oriented, but it certainly can consume a lot of memory. So let's run a bunch of it.
3: Uh, <laughs> where so you've it, used, You have used the new teams, right? And it, I, you actually, I mean, do you, aside from the fact that I know it looks a little different, but do you actually notice? Uh, no, not a thing yeah i was gonna cuz i mean honestly i feel like i don't I, I feel like i would be sensitive to this i i hate teams for a lot of reasons but i've never once thought i'm like okay like come on start up already let's go like I, it's never felt slow in day no. well, to day
2: no the, the problems you have with they, teams is it forgot all of your devices again, so now you're mm-hmm. you're trying. That's to, all UX stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yep. it's now trying to use the microphone on the camera and the speakers in the in right. in, well, yeah. in, in the monitor. That's a big update. And that's why And I'm, then yeah. the tenant, right? The tenant is the problem, and so the, it's about, yeah, tackling exactly. the tenant exactly. problems. Are smart, uh, but it also shows cheaper Co. that they can completely rewrite Teams, and it's not the end of the world.
0: Did you so, look? Did you use a resource monitor just to see if it uses less RAM?
2: Or less I, I'm going to have to run it for a while. You yeah, know, it's it's the yeah. rot over time that matters. Because
0: that's the complaint, of course, with Electron is it's just a
2: pig. Yeah, right. And that's and that isn't Electron. But, that's JavaScript. Oh, right? is like it? Really? That is those uh, engines. Yeah, if uh, you've got to use JavaScript, because JavaScript doesn't clean itself up particularly well. What is it?
3: So we, we've gone over this, I think. But Visual Studio Code isn't that Electron? It is. It is Electron.
2: Are they rewriting I, it? I'm no. telling
3: you, this thing is fast and light and yeah.
2: And very I, I mean, well, maybe and some, okay, very actually, well say. written, right? Like that. Yeah. There's where they really leaned on it, yeah. what Electron's good at. It
0: may be that the, the complaint about Electron isn't really so much that it's a pig. It's just that it's a whole browser bundled into a
2: an app. Yeah, and yeah. And, well, and, and, you've got and one and for a each focus. App, and it's
0: just it offends a, people.
2: That's all. Yeah. Well, and it's a focus on cross platform, which makes life hard, yeah. right? Like yeah. it's very difficult to me. VS Code good everywhere, but that team has done a great job of it. I think the, the Teams yeah. folks are moving yeah, much no, more I, quickly I, with honestly, a much broader feature set.
3: Basically identical, from what I can tell. I mean, it works really well cross-platform. Yeah, yeah, it's great.
2: I would argue Teams a, Three
3: uh, will probably be
2: WebAssembly and Web because WebAssembly allows you to operate in that context, but bring your own language. Okay. Yep. Hmm. Okay. We're just, it's a path. Like, the, now that they've got control of this code base to the point where they're willing to do that, there are many other choices. But it also right. is a shot across the bow of Electron to say, be better. Because there
3: are alternatives. And that we're always better off when there's more than one way to solve this problem. Hey, Microsoft has a rich history of not using its own technology stack. So <laughs> this is entirely <laughs> in keeping.
2: Especially when they're Past. problematic,
3: right? Yep, yep. Kind of, I am really curious to see this. Um, I, I mean, I'm kind of stuck. I have to use Teams. You know, I don't really have a choice. So. No,
2: you you and I both, and that's sort of reality. It, but, you know, here we are using Zoom, and the new version of Zoom is
3: WebAssembly. I, I heard that as Zoom, and I thought, oh, nice,
0: <laughs> well, in, in a related story, uh, it looks like you will be able to use Teams on uh, your Surface Hub 2S.
3: Yeah. So this was.
0: <laughs> see how I got back to the point that I missed. You see how I did that? Yeah. Are you grateful um, or mad?
3: I mean, <laughs> I am. I am. So I don't. I don't even know how to describe this story because it was, The initial Microsoft blog post was so incorrect that I had. I read it three times. I changed the story I wrote about it three times oh, after wow. I published it. And then this morning I got up and some guy from Microsoft said, "Hey, um, there's actually two mistakes." in this story oh, that you geez. wrote, but it's not your fault because they were wrong in the Maybe initial blog. Maybe ChatGPT4 wrote it, it. That's probably why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That this is the future, right? So, all right, so I, I have a hard time wrapping my head around this because there hasn't been a lot of news in this front because of the pandemic. But before the pandemic, Microsoft had something called Surface Hub. Mm-hmm. Remember? Surface Hub came in a 55-inch and an 82-inch version. Uh, these were their collaborative screens. Multiple people could stand in front of it write on it together at the same time. It was designed for that world of the past where we used to meet together in rooms. It was fun. And then they were coming out with the second-gen version. And the second-gen version, there was going to be two. There was going to be the 2X. That's the exciting one. Remember, you could put multiple screens together. They were on tripods and everything. It was going to be amazing, gorgeous-looking thing. And then they came out with something called 2S, which was based on the old design, where they were going to bring the so- the software from 2X forward uh, and still have 55- and 82-inch versions. Okay, cool. Then the pandemic happened, and it was like, oh, no one is going in rooms no, together. So nobody needs this. They, they, nobody needs this anymore. So what they did, I actually thought this was kind of cool of them. They said, we're going to allow owners of these devices to install Windows 10 Pro or, or Enterprise on them and just use them as giant PCs basically, right? Mm-hmm. We're gonna You're going to have that experience. You'll have all the software, whiteboard, everything's there. And uh, because no one is meeting in rooms together, we're going to do this thing. Separately from this, Microsoft came out with something called uh, Microsoft or, my, Teams Rooms, right? right? Which is a very much what it sounds like. It is a, it's basically kind of the the software version of the original Surface Hub idea. We're get, we're going back to rooms now, where there's going to be people there, but there are also going to be people that are not there. So it's like a hybrid meeting solution, which software. was always
2: a part of Surface, is, right? Like, Surface Hub was always about yes, and every person yep, can be remote. Gonna,
3: yeah, kind of take it out of Surface. In other yeah. words, make a a market for a third party surface hub like devices, right? Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of Teams Rooms devices now. And uh obviously if you have a Surface Hub, you're like, well hold on a second. I mean I have a Surface Hub. How come I can't do this? You know, so what they just announced was this is the I'm just gonna say it correctly, not what they said, but if you have an existing Surface Hub 2 S, you will I don't want to call it upgrade because you could have taken it from Surface Hub OS to Windows 10 To Teams Room OS, right? But you're going to be able to put Teams Room OS on this thing if you have one already. And a second gen Surface Hub 2S is coming out this fall that will have this built in automatically. I don't know; we don't know anything about that yet. If it's going to be upgraded hardware, you know, nobody knows. The conversations I've had around Hub was very confusing. Post
2: this, this was the product that was replacing old projectors. Right. That yep. instead of buying a new projector for the office so that you would plug your laptop and so forth in, and now we have the screen and it's actually the whole computer. And so yeah. it's configured for collaboration. It's configured with that kind of work. It's simpler yep. for you to use, bring your identity right. to the device That's rather than bring your device to the room.
3: Yeah. The, the, uh, most computing devices, you as the individual you're signed in and you're on that device, it's you and your device. Mm-hmm. And with the service hub, you get have multiple people signed in at the yeah. same time. Um, you could have multiple people with pens, giant surface pens that look like markers. You could write on it and collaborate on a whiteboard, whatever. Um, there were, you know, over time, teams came to it, other apps, et cetera, et cetera. So it's followed a very interesting path. I don't know because they haven't said, I don't know whatever, if anything is going to happen to the 2X product. <laughs> You know, yeah, I think I, well, it's got, it got it got canceled,
2: and... right? Like it, it, I think it's good. Yeah, yeah. But you know, these are these are originally Alex Kipman products that then got token by other teams and evolved. Oh, right. I hope he took it with him. Yeah, yeah. remember they <laughs> remember they originally was a table, right? And then they've evolved from there. Yeah, yeah and so the table, yep. the uh, the software was always the weak part with all of this. Didn't they buy like a re- company though, yeah.
0: Pixel Perfect, that did? Yeah, Pixel big, they sense. Did, the thing sense, thing. did the big big screen. So that's the original hub. Well, I remember the table because I remember going like. Casino
3: table that they the pixel the table sense display they, mm-hmm. they yeah. took the name pixel sense sense for the surface displays yeah and then the the big pixel sense became basically the 82 inch surface Hub became the hub and the
2: and the software was the battle right they were always trying to build custom versions of windows and so forth and now it's been subsumed yeah. by teams
3: Teams. As teams. a common collaboration exactly. tool. Teams. So, oh, that's right. Wow. Yeah. And don't worry, it's based completely in Electron, so it's going to run fast. Right. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> well,
2: But this know. is where this Teams Room OS comes from. So now I'm talking to IT folks right. that are retrofitting their their meeting spaces with teams rooms for exactly right. that reason you don't have to bring your laptop in and waste that 20 minutes that's getting cool, it up actually. and running with the yeah. rig you walk in you log in yes and there's exactly. your presentation off you go that's actually great
3: and yeah. how much and does this they, thing cost yeah. a well, yeah, billion so. dollars <laughs>
1: it's
3: not cheap yeah, they're right? very expensive i mean yeah. the yeah, I don't. Remember, up the, uh, the price had gone up over time. I want to say the small one might be in a five grand range, and the big one is, or maybe five to eight grand. It Google, yeah, they, v- they actually grand, they came I think, down. The, Google briefly yeah, sold, sold
0: something there. like this, but it was more like a Fisher Price version yep. of it. But I think they stopped. That's right. But it's a great idea. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I if I could afford it, it, I'd love it.
2: There you go. I've got the Canadian prices. <laughs> the Fifty inch is twelve thousand dollars, and the eighty-five inch is twenty-nine thousand dollars. That's Canadian. Yeah. Money. So it's I think Those it's a Canadian eight, money. Yeah. So a dollar 50 20 10, I think <laughs> the,
3: Yeah. Anyway, so but but people have asked me why would they why would they sell these things when you can get less expensive, you know, interactive displays for meeting rooms and uh, it many, has many teams of which are built be in. Teams rooms mm. compatible. Yeah. Well, because it's Microsoft, right? I think uh, some people, you know, you're you have some enterprise uh servicing agreement with Microsoft, you're buying you might be buying uh, fleets of Surface devices mm-hmm. for your, your uh, users, rather. Um, this is just, it's you're just kind of all in on it. The, the Surface Hub story was always hilarious
2: because I think they made to build them as reference devices so that Lenovo and HP mm-hmm. would build them. Mm-hmm. And then everybody ordered them to the point where you couldn't get one. At one point, it was like a yeah, two-year yeah, waiting yeah. list to get a Surface Hub. Yeah. Uh, what
3: was the what was the Google thing called? I, that's bugging me. I can't think of oh, it. Oh,
2: yeah. It, was some it had a funny name. And it this, looked
3: like it was an easel. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh,
0: yeah. Sand. This was the one where you could turn it. They, they could have two of them and turn them sideways, and they'd merge and meld. And that was the X. That was the 2X. That one 2X. was amazing.
2: Yeah. They didn't well, know, it was, was that it, gone? It was we, amazing we, we, in demo. Like, we never really saw a production happened. version yeah. of it. Right. Well, because
3: the pandemic happened. So yeah. it was probably build 2019, right? Right before the pandemic. Yeah. We got to play with them hands-on. They were great. We were like, yep, this is really, you know. This is the future, and then the future wasn't the future. Jamboard, Jamboard, Jamboard. yeah, that's Jamboard. it. Yeah, that was a Pixel thing. I'm surprised yeah. with a name like that. Every you know, time they rang up a sale, the thing would say, "You've got jam. You've got
0: jam. <laughs> you can actually." Uh, during the uh, one of the things that happened during
3: the Twitter auction is they sold a bunch of Jamboards, Jampa Jamboards, yeah, <laughs> sure. Which it was, I think, was a sign of excellent decision making on that company's part that they had so many.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but the the great thing about this Teams Room OS is that it's it's already up and running. Like you don't have to start up right. Teams, you don't have to wait for the update, you don't have to switch the tenant. Like sure. all of that stuff is done. You walk into the meeting room, <laughs> you cl- and it already shows that your meeting's about to start. So it already knows what identity you should be using, right? Because you've got it on a calendar. So you're just getting the the. There seems to be, and I know this is Jeff Deeper. How many minutes from right. the time that the meeting was supposed to start to you're actually doing the meeting, and all of the stuff they're doing there <laughs> is about shortening that cycle up. All right, I love it. I think it's great. All
0: right. um, and you see, you know, there's a show I like also to watch, Jeff story on uh, HBO called Succession,
3: and oh, yes. uh, mm-hmm.
0: just came back first episode, new season, new yep. season, and it and the first thing is the kids sitting around and i think now as i think about it it must be a surface hub a big screen they're in a meeting with some designers yeah. who are showing something and the, and it's a tv it's a big tv in the living room oh but wait a minute no it, maybe cuz then he closes the to hang up on him, he closes the laptop and it comes. so maybe it's not a hub come to think of it well
2: it could yeah. also just be just, just remoting a display. Yeah. <laughs> yeah It'd just also just be writers, display. right? That they decided that's how they're going to shut it down.
0: Yep. Yeah. Things, I mean, it's perfect. Yeah. Right. Because otherwise, it's not as effective as slamming
3: yeah. the left. And <laughs> like the-, the funny thing is, like a surface hub today would probably look like it has giant bezels. It, it would, would look probably fail you know, compared to, Yeah. We have yeah. these beautiful um, 4K TVs now, 8K TVs, whatever, with like zero, you know, and inf- they look like infinity pools. Like, this thing probably looks like a plasma TV set from the, you know, early 2000s. Yeah. Anyway, you're not wrong. Yeah. (laughs) And I think probably... (laughs) I'm just, you know, comparatively speaking. A well set up. That world mean, of came to a crashing halt, right? Our
0: room, uh, our conference room, has just a big screen TV attached to a computer. It's a Mac Mini, but attached to a computer. It's still, you still have to do the whole thing where you, you know, but you can, uh, with Apple's you can AirPlay, so it's not horrible but we don't have a projector it's uh so i would imagine that's how a lot of rooms are these days right pa- the old powerpoint sure. projector thing
2: is gone no you're exactly right and we tried to do mirror cast and all these other options but it was simpler to put a cold pc into the screen yes and have yeah, it pre-logged right. into the team's tenant and already knowing what thing was supposed to start so <laughs> that you just you know, mm-hmm. I always love these conference call meetings where, you know, instead of just calling the guy on the phone, now we're going to do a conference call space first. Ugh. So that we're going to have 20 minutes of aggravation before we start our meeting because that'll help get jobs off on the yeah. right foot. And yeah. then you have the polycom yeah. in the middle of the table and everybody's yeah, shouting. At exactly.
0: <clears throat> Now, so do how do you have those like kinds of work?
2: collaboration meetings and not
3: have them suck? Yeah. Like, I think it's it's a, it's a worthy well, goal. Well, I think it's important if you're going to have them. First, you spend $20,000 on the screen. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> then you spend the first 20 minutes of every meeting now you're, yelling you know, at each other. Now you're yeah.
0: obligated. You don't have a choice. Now you're
3: collaborating.
0: Now yeah. you're collaborating. I feel like... Um, I, it seems like there would be other third-party solutions. I mean, Cisco must have, well, WebEx yeah. must have. Oh, there are,
3: are many. Yeah, yeah, yeah Lenovo yeah. has one. No, but this yeah. is
2: like Lenovo makes a Teams the, device, right? Oh, interesting. Dedicated Teams yeah.
3: device. Yeah, yeah, there you go. But the, I, this, to me, this is Microsoft going back to its roots. It's it's odd for Microsoft to I, to do the first-party device thing when it's so good at partnering, mm-hmm. and these other companies are so good at making hardware yeah. and can do it so much less expensively. But when
2: you can't persuade uh, them to do it, you, is you business. build. You can't talk them into doing yep. it, so you build the first one, you make it really expensive, right. and then have it sell anyway. And it's like, listen, there's lots of room underneath this for you to undercut us. Oh my god, of right? course, yeah. And that's yep. the, that's the reference hardware mindset. I'll show you a proof of right. concept. I'll make it sufficiently successful so you folks can all make a less expensive one.
3: Yeah. So I mean this I, this is this is the uh, to me is the way this. Uh, oh, now we're quoting the Mandalorian. Did you really them. say this is the way? Okay. <laughs> Why well, I, I tried not to. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so, uh, in another bit of good news, uh, two weeks ago, you may recall Microsoft released Edge version 111, and you'll recall it if you use Edge because there's a gigantic, the biggest Batman icon logo looking yeah, Bing icon up on the taskbar, up in the, bar, uh, up in the uh, address bar, mm-hmm. toolbar that you can't get rid of. So I had – I think it was two weeks ago I had the little tip, you know, this is how you can do it. You had to go into – you know – you had to go into it, and it's it's not easy. And and the chances were they would upgrade Edge to version one twelve, and it would come back. You'd have to do it again. Blah blah blah. Whatever. Did well, you notice they
2: updated it? They heard, so if you don't just fly over the icon, that thing pops out. You actually have to hover over it for a moment, and then it pops up. Right. But it pops it's out like on every
3: exactly. Edge browser that's open on your machine. You know they do this on purpose. You know they do. <laughs> it's not a mistake. It's not. An, oh, I, oh yeah. No, we'll fix that in the future. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Um, well, they heard your complaints. Actually. Let me correct that. They didn't hear your complaints. But I can assure you they heard their complaints from their co- their business customers who said, what the flying whatever is yeah. this? And so Microsoft has reissued Edge version 111. And now there is UI to remove that button, as is their policy. Mm-hmm. So that if you're a business and you don't want your users to see this stupid bit of UI, you can get rid of it. Um, and so the uh, way you do that little, yeah. is to go with. Oh, you have yeah, to use policy to edge editor though. I can't do
0: it myself. Board. I can't do it all by myself. No, you can do it. Oh,
3: you can. You can. Because I like the The Batman logo button
0: in there called. Sur- is it? Is it kind of like? It's yeah. kind of like the the bat signal kind of. It is, isn't it? I just, I'm just yeah. impressed at how yeah, big like little, it is.
2: Uh, <laughs> how, how, what did they have to do to make that icon <laughs> right. bigger than everything yeah, else? You're right. I know. Like, it's is so there literally gross. custom code to allow it to draw
3: it larger than the toolbar? <laughs> right it's astonishing yeah the address bar is now like five pixels taller because that button had to squeeze in there they write it into the uh i don't
0: know they write it into the memory map of the video card directly yeah Yeah. it's horrible all right anyway you can get rid of it i want to take a little break and then we have still more to talk about Mm -hmm. of course because there will never ending it's a never-ending source of (laughs) font of fascination microsoft 365 i think we can stick some ai in and of course, Xbox and distillation will be the topic of the week. <laughs> now that you've got your mash and, you, <laughs> and you've got and your you, alcohol, it's time got to get it to the wash. Guys, you can't, can't jump the into the
3: middle; you got to go back to the beginning. Yes. And <laughs> start, <laughs> catch up.
0: start at the front, work yeah. your way back. Yep. Uh, our show today brought to you by a great company called Collide. K O L, I D E. It's for companies that use Okta. But there's a problem with authentication. You know, Okta is great. The idea is uh, your identity provider lets, only lets known devices log into your apps, into your cloud, all that stuff, right? That's good. Zero trust. What about, though, if this known person logging in is logging in on an insecure device? That's a big problem, Right. If you're an Okta user, Collide can solve this problem, get your entire fleet to 100% compliance by patching this major hole in zero-trust architecture, device compliance. Just because a device is known doesn't mean it's in a secure state. In fact, plenty of the devices in your fleet probably shouldn't be allowed in. They shouldn't be trusted. Maybe they're running an out-of-date version of the operating system. Maybe they've got, I don't know, unencrypted credentials. their uh, their keys lying in a, you know, a download folder somewhere. Oh, that would never happen, right? Mm -hmm. If a device isn't compliant or it's not running the Collide agent, it just can't get in. It cannot access the organization's SaaS apps or other resources. It can't log into your company's cloud apps, not until the problem's been fixed. It's it's that simple. But here's another part you're going to love, especially if you're in the IT department. You don't have to fix it. The user does. That's what Collide does so well you know without collide it teams have really have a problem solving these compliance issues or to even just to stop insecure devices from logging in with collide you can set and enforce compliance across your entire fleet completely cross platform mac windows and linux it makes a device compliance part of the authentication process so the user logs in with okta right collide says whoa hold on there there's a compliance issue you can't log in until you fix it the end user, let's say uh, the end user uh, doesn't have an up-to-date to browser. Collide will say, hey, here's what's wrong. Here's why you can't log in. And more importantly, here's how you fix it. So they can get to 100% compliance and it doesn't overwhelm your IT department. They fix it. Plus, there's a side effect of this. The end user now understands security better and becomes part of your IT team, part of your security team. Really, that's what you want. You don't want them to be the adversary. You want them to be a partner. This is security you can feel good about because Collide puts transparency and respect for users at the center of the product. Collide's method means fewer support tickets, less frustration. Most importantly, hundred percent fleet compliance. K-O-L-I-D-E, collide.com slash W W. Learn more or book a demo. Collide.com slash WW. We thank them so much for supporting Windows Weekly. And use support Windows Weekly if you use that address. It's that way they know you saw it here. Not just Collide.com. Add the slash www, please. Collide. It's just a good idea. On we go with Richard Campbell, run as Radio and .NET Rocks, Paul Thorat, thorot.com And the field guide to Windows 11 and Windows Everywhere. Are they flying off the metaphorical shelves,
3: Paul? <laughs> I guess... I mean, I don't know. Just say yes. In what context. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Like pancakes. Like, that's
2: right. Everybody wants (laughs) to. (laughs) Flying toasters into a screensaver.
3: Do you
0: mention flying toasters? (laughs) It Um, is about history, right? I, yeah. Yeah. All right, time to talk AI. What are we doing? We are uh, two weeks into the chat GPT-4 era. Already 15,000 new startups. The singularity. The singularity is near. <laughs> um, people are getting scared. Um, and and Richard, thank you for reassuring us all that it's it's not anything to fear. The only oh, fear we have to fear. There's fail. plenty to fear, oh, okay. but not the
2: singularity. Not the singularity. You know, okay. Yeah. Yes. There's plenty to
3: fear. Don't, but don't fear this thing running off and doing its own thing. For comedic purposes. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, there's, there's an interesting back. Oh, I should, I I should, by the way, say part of my Microsoft is the Microsoft of old now is internally, they are communicating to their salespeople to go out to their customers and say, Oh, you don't want to use open AI. You want to use our implementation of the open AI stuff because you know, blah, 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 whatever. Like, you know, we we don't know where, I mean, if they're vetting their sources, we don't know anything about them. I mean, who are these guys? They're kind of just a little startup. I mean, um, so there's another little evil bit there, but uh, it would be interesting. You know, we talk about disruption and how you know uh, disruption in this industry is not going to come from Google, right? It's going to come from some upstart, and this notion that maybe Chad GPT is that upstart. And
0: uh, except it's really Microsoft, isn't
3: it? I mean, yeah. But let's be clear, no, Paul. That I mean, scenario well, I mean, you Microsoft just painted Microsoft invested a lot in them. Yeah, but the p- hmm.
2: scenario you're painting is an individual who is whose bonus is tied to getting more people using. The Azure OpenAI yep. service, and so he's right, going to
3: come right. up with a language he needs to to get you to do that. That's right. That's right. But what I'm talking about is OpenAI. <laughs> so OpenAI is uh, announced this past week that they're going to add support for plugins to ChatGPT, right? Which it describes as extensions that allow it to integrate with third-party services and access up-to-date information, right? And I think this is the moment where OpenAI becomes like a platform. This is a very Microsoft thing to do to this. Um, And I think it was—I think it was Richard who pointed out maybe a week or two ago that you know this thing, OpenAI, this thing (laughs) started out as sort of a a non-commercial. You know, we're not going to make money on this, right? Uh, There's a pro version of the service now. It's becoming a platform. Obviously, they license it to third parties. Um, I, I I think we may be witnessing, uh, potentially, right, because we really don't know, uh, uh, the emergence of this thing that could replace Google search, basically. Um, and I think this is how you get there. So, uh, potentially, right? And we'll see what happens, what actually happens. But have certainly you played the message played with that Google's- Microsoft wanted to convey. Have
2: you like- played with Google's response barred yet?
3: It's pretty pathetic. No, okay. Google is so unsophisticated that I have a Google Workspace account. I'm not. Oh, you to, can't. No, I pay them more <laughs> money than Gmail uses. Yeah, I'm no, in mean, Canada, no. and you can't be
2: you. You can't use Bard in Canada. That's not a thing. That's a strange and foreign yeah. land.
0: Well Would you like me to uh, to demonstrate it? Would you yeah. give me
3: a Bard well, query, so. <laughs> and I'll uh, I'll Bard it up for you. Ask Bard why it's not as sophisticated as OpenAI and what it's going to do to ensure it's not destroyed by external force. You're creative and help their collaborator. I have
0: limitations and won't always get it right. But your feedback will help me improve.
3: I love how suddenly technology is being honest. (laughs) You know, like, did Siri ever come out and say this? All Siri ever says to me is, I'm sorry, I didn't catch it. I'm like, I'm not talking to you. I, you know. The the smartest thing you could do is figure out that I'm not talking to you. Are you smarter than chat,
0: GPT, or Siri? Question mark. (laughs) It should say spit take. Everyone is smarter than Siri. (laughs) I'm not sure if I'm smarter than chat, GPT, or Siri. All of us are trained at different data sets and have different strengths and weaknesses. I'm good at generating text, translating languages, writing different kinds of creative content, and answering your questions. By the way, I love at the bottom after its response. There's a button that says Google it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me show so, you what I found on know, the web about so, that.
3: But oh, but hold on. We, isn't the correct response to that question, yes? Period. <laughs> like it uh, well, gives you actually it's this? better than yes. This it is gives the you, thing I talked about. It can also no, give it's, you alternate it's too much drafts. Like I. I, I didn't ask you to discuss in 300 words or more whether you were smart. Like wait, I just asked you a simple yes or no question. Um, Give me another question then. Let's do something fun. Yeah. What could we ask him? Is Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard going to be approved by regulators? Oh, that's good. If it doesn't just say yes to this, I know this thing's broken inside. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I were a faster typer.
0: Going to be maybe the better question is on what day by will Microsoft's regulators. acquisition. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can ask <laughs> it on what day as a follow-up. It is slow. Okay, the acquisition of Activision Blizzard by Microsoft is still pending approval from regulators. The deal is being reviewed by antitrust authorities in the U.S., the EU, and other countries. There are concerns. That the deal could give Microsoft too much power in the video game industry.
3: Microsoft has said the deal will hmm. not harm competition and will be beneficial for gamers. I like I like sentences like, there are concerns. It's like, mistakes were made. Mistakes mm-hmm. were made. There are concerns. It's
0: still Sony is concerned. It is still unclear whether the deal will be approved so, yeah. by regulators. By the way, Japan now has said, yep, go ahead and do yeah. it. Yeah. It yeah, was rumored that. the EU would. I don't think they've announced that. <laughs> Um, but I have a feeling when it comes when we come in front of the uh, administrative judge in August, they'll just go, "Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Go ahead. Thanks for delaying." I think
2: everything. when August
3: comes, it will already have happened. But we'll see. Okay. Well, I think right, they try have one to more. Try another one. All right. Yes. Go ahead.
2: At, multiply five hundred eighty-seven by three hundred twenty-six. Five hundred
0: eighty-seven by three hundred eighty-six. Can it do math? Let's see. I hope this reboots your computer. <laughs> is it 226,582?
3: It does. Yeah. Oh, let's give it a thumbs up. Yep. Yay. Wait, you finally invented a computer that can do math? <laughs> what
2: future are we living in?
3: <laughs> Wait a minute. Dude, let me try, just press Google try it it and Try that see. with JAT
2: GPT and see how it goes. Yeah, there's really? a lot of
3: math errors. Uh, yeah.
2: Let's just search a Google oh, search and see what it gets. Well, I mean, this is where I think Google's got it going for it because the because the, the, the search engine does this no. just fine. Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, Microsoft's uh, technology is all based on the original Pentium with the floating point plug.
2: <laughs> but see, now you get back to what was ChatGPT actually doing, which was playing with language models. Right, right. They don't have a right. mechanism that says, "Oh, this is a math problem; use the math engine." They you do just now because of are,
0: plugins. They're the uh, the number of yeah.
2: plugins is actually
0: fascinating. Right, I right. haven't got and access. And therein lies to that. the point.
2: Yeah. Right, is that you also think about how a human mind works, where you were taught mathematics by rote to to essentially right. program you to know. There's a math engine you use in your head to do math because <laughs> yep. it has a deterministic. My math answer. engine
3: is a little broken, but yeah. yes, some math <laughs> engines
2: are better than others. But mm-hmm. you, but the point being, when you're purely training on language, these deterministic answers aren't reliable. Oh, uh, I like. Okay, that's interesting. Just hmm. just. A, every time we can get people to stop anthropomorphizing a piece of software and remind them where sure. the limits are.
3: Well, let's uh, start with and pets it first. it's just a tool. It's <laughs> so, yeah, we got a ways to go. People oh, yeah. have names for their cars. This is a good
0: answer. I asked it. Who said mistakes were made? The phrase "mistakes were made" is often mm-hmm. used in politics and business to acknowledge that something went wrong without taking responsibility for it. Honest to God, it has been used by okay, politicians use, such as U.S. Grant. Richard, did you know U.S. Grant used it? Uh, pre- President no, Lincoln. Mistakes were made.
3: What was your que- What was your question? What was your question? Who, who said, said mistakes were made? Okay, I didn't Qu- ask what the phrase meant. And, and well, no, but I'm getting I'm quotes. Here. Grant like the- said it. Nixon said but, it. Bill there are Clinton. People in my lives who can't answer questions clearly, and this is a good example of that kind of question. You've asked it a specific question and it started off, on a wide-ranging discussion about what I didn't ask you what it means, you freaking idiot! I presumably I know what it means. I asked you who said it. Oh, we finally got the rant. I, you know, no, I mean that's like that's. But I like that's the they, irritating application of technology.
2: I do, I do appreciate that it did like a 200-year span there, from Ulysses S. Grants to Martin Wintercorn, which is that's Dieselgate, right? Like it's okay. a good span. Just, like, that's, listen,
3: uh, I'm not asking. I, I'm not looking. It's not open mic night on Bard.com over here. I. I want to know the answer to a question. I, it's well, you crazy might prefer that it's providing additional information. You might prefer draft two,
0: which says the phrase "mistakes were made" is often attributed to U.S. President Ulysses S. Grant, who used it in December fifth, eighteen seventy-six, in his report to Congress. No,
3: actually, I'm sorry. No, I didn't ask you who didn't say it. I, could you could you just tell me who said it? Grant, Ulysses S. Is there is there a version in there where it says who said it? Yeah,
0: Ulysses S. Grant. Oh, often attributed. Oh, I, attributed. I, thought was, I thought you said yeah. he
3: did not say. No, 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 it oh, says he, he, did. Say he did. did.
0: He okay. says, "Well, it's attributed to him." He did. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay.
3: Okay. Um, so, I, you know, maybe this you like. Dra- to I, I get mad at people when You're they angry questions. You're just
0: very angry. Mm. Let me try that.
3: It's, it's like, like what it says here. Like, are you open yet? It's like, well, we usually open at nine thirty. But to, uh, listen, it was a yes or no question, honey. Are are you open? It's <laughs> just just yes or no. Just you know. Let me just
0: I ask. I just it. want to get to the point. Why is Paul Theroux so angry? <laughs> <laughs> just,
3: I do not have I enough just, information uh, about that person to help with your request. I, <laughs> <laughs> I have this synapse in my brain that's a little too wide, and sometimes the ideas just go right over the edge. The spark jumps. Yeah, uh,
0: I think. Uh, I mean, given the choice, I would use ChatGPT four. But uh, Google, I think, is being cautious. They're trying to keep Bard from getting yeah. in the same. I got well,
3: trouble. You know what that, though? Does cautious is cautious going to win this? Cautious may know. be the wrong play right yeah, now. Maybe. No, no.
2: I'm, I'm going to disagree right? with you on that, Paul, because I think okay. Microsoft's being the reckless one, and so you're really going to try and yeah. out reckless them, or should you dial it back a bit?
3: Like I said, well, just, yeah, that, yeah, that really trough I, of I disillusionment is out there.
2: It's not that far away. Listen.
3: Only one can win in a game of chicken. Yes. (laughs) Just saying it's
2: not the cautious one. None can win in a game of chicken, too. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's true.
3: Oh, boy. Yeah. It's what a weird world
0: we (laughs) we are in right now. Let's try to describe the game
3: of chicken. This is a good (laughs) one. Wow. Wow. See if Which it I gives you as a rabbit hole of
0: sorts. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> yeah, sorry. We can, we can get out of the rat hole and continue on. In the chicken game, no, two no, players drive, just- drive toward each other on a collision course. One must swerve or both may die in the crash. But if one driver swerves and the other does not, the one who swerved will be called a chicken. Meaning a coward. But look at this. This is See, I like this. This game is a model of conflict for two players in game theory. The principle of the game is while the ideal outcome is for one player to yield, the individuals try to avoid it out of pride for not this wanting to look like a chicken. war games,
3: I'm and then be very upset, yeah, too. shall
0: we play a game? It
3: actually cites uh, yeah. it does do a cite. <laughs> Wikipedia. <laughs> do you like a good citing? <laughs> Come on, man. I like the cites. You know, my son and I inv- invented a, a game called Dick Punch, which has similar rules. It's there's um, <laughs> no winner. Do you have a, a neighbor <laughs> named no Dick? Winner. Is that it? No winners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no one wins. That's all I'm saying. And it doesn't last forever. The only
0: long. way to win is not to play.
3: <laughs> it's to not play. Exactly.
0: Ah,
2: well, that my was my our- favorite. Uh, my favorite story of war games is that after Reagan yep. watched it and he saw the NORAD center in the in the TV, in the movie, he asked to go see yep. the actual NORAD center and they didn't have one. It had been invented for the movie, and so he funded them
3: making. Now we one. have one. Oh no! Yeah. Uh, well, well, now that's, but now it tracks Santa Claus every year. So i yeah. um, you know, that was yeah, probably a good obviously. allocation of federal funds.
2: And and every knock looks like NORAD, like it's all propagated oh, from God. a 1980 movie. Oh my God! That's, that's a wild movie. story. It's great. Oh, Omg! Yeah. And it might might even be true. Maybe. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um Security, you know, as I've yeah.
0: seen some say, I think Ben Thompson said in Stratekri that the real the first really good use of uh of AI was Copilot, Microsoft's uh GitHub feature. GitHub Copilot. GitHub one, yeah. Which is getting better and better. And now, right. of course, big announcement from a competitor, Replit, uh, that they're gonna use mm-hmm. uh Google compute platform and uh and try to do something similar. They have a um they have a pilot like okay. feature called uh, oh I can't remember some Ghostwriter Ghostwriter thank you. Um, so I thought right. that was interesting. I mean, um, is that the really the best use for these kinds of things? The
3: best use? I mean, I, 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 uh, it's a use. I mean, I, I think um, coders are I think increasingly Microsoft coming is-
2: around on it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would. I, I wouldn't mean, disagree with that. It's like you normally before you write a chunk of code, either Google it or Stack Overflow it. And now you're you are you yeah. are copiling it because it's the same thing. At least you could check to get away from blank screen syndrome.
3: Yeah, and you Line can check, check correct, correctness. So you can it, now, say the, what does this really,
2: secret, uh, sentence yeah. do and things like that. Yeah, the compiler checks correctness.
3: This um, is this is honestly, I think the point of AI. Right, we have the the internet gave us all the information in the world. But we need AI to make sense of it, right? Um, I, uh, I don't know, two, three years ago when I did the Windows Forms version of my .NETPad application, I had to figure out how to print. There's not a lot of good information about printing from Windows Forms out there, you know? And what I eventually did was I bought a 2003 book, only on paper, it never, was never digitized and made on Kindle or whatever, by Charles Petzold about Windows Forms. And he did a thing on printing. Which still works great, you know. If I could find something like that with AI, wonderful, definitive wonderful. sources. Yep, and and that's
2: it's, something that, that GitHub, great. GitHub GitHub Copilot doesn't worry about. Things like is the secure code like that's not a thing. Yeah. It's is it close sure. to what you described? And
3: it'll, is it, it'll, well, it'll it's it it's, it's it's like the thing we just did. Answer the question. I didn't yes. say write secure code. That yeah. well, <laughs> is this? Uh, I don't know uh, the code.
0: I'll, I don't know it well enough, but uh, is this accurate? I asked Bard to write me a Python program that prints from Windows forms and it wrote this. Well, that's funny. I don't know what it is.
3: A Python program that writes in it, Windows forms.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: To run this program, you'll need to create a new
3: yeah.
2: Windows forms application in Visual thing Studio. I wrote was like
3: 800 lines long, so <laughs> I don't know, but Yeah,
2: what flavor of Python would this be? It might be. Well, it's it's a a weird. Iron Python. Yeah. So, the, the, yeah. Pi- the mythical Python.net. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're not wrong. Like, there was a version of Iron Python. Jim Huguenin supported it back in the yeah. day be- sure. that ran against the CLR because that's what you need, right? Regular Python doesn't yep. do that. Yeah. To be a right. If you're yeah. going to have
3: access yeah. to WinForms. Yep. You don't see a lot of WinForms that's not VB B or C sharp. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it that way. There's some uh, JavaScript. Um, but I, I, I Maybe the more important thing that came out of this uh, GitHub Copilot is Microsoft got themselves a good brand. Yeah. Right? Copilot is a great brand. Great name. Um, for AI-based functionality of whatever kind. Like, we're going to see Copilot in Windows, Copilot in Office.
2: Yeah.
3: Co-Pilot's because gonna it, be... the
2: implication is you're still in charge.
3: Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to a Those Tesla's autopilot, you, right? That's a yeah. uh, copilot, baby. Yeah. He was carrying you the whole way. <laughs> that was blasphemous. Anyway, the point is <laughs> now they've applied it to security. Um, I'm not sure this is a great use of AI right right now, I guess. But uh, they've released, Microsoft has released something called Security Copilot, which will leverage AI um, to help cybersecurity professionals uh, who I guess will query it about their security environment and better understand potential threats. The biggest threat, of course, being uh, AI. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> I, I would argue that most
2: cyber security professionals are part-time, and what this tool really does is allow those part-timers to quickly go through all of the current info, mm-hmm. describe the problem space yeah, and let go. it go through the security mm-hmm. bullets and so forth. It's, a, again, kind of a fancy search engine, but also tied in with sure. the typical workflows of doing a threat assessment.
0: I wonder uh, how long before like
2: ChatGPT is doing um, red teaming.
0: Yeah. It doesn't have an interface to the outside world, by the way. That's what, no. that's what saves hey, us. Hey,
3: ChatGPT just announced a new podcast about Windows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, sorry, guys.
2: But, yeah, obviously you want to give it access to the web and then put it in a red team role because what's a better idea than having it practice hacking? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All, all is well. <laughs> make me some paper clips while you're at it. <laughs>
3: yeah. I'll give you one factory, but you can use it to make it's more hard factories. Not to continually reference the Terminator movies when yeah. we talk about this stuff. No, they're they're right there. But again, back
2: to art, when you say artificial intelligence, you think science fiction. It's yeah, that's. I think hard that's, hard that's what to. colors a lot of our reception yeah. for this mm-hmm. uh, Skynet very-
0: and all that. Is we're it's really fiction. yeah we 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 have this preconceived notion of what it is mm-hmm. all right enough of that let's get let's get to something that really matters in life
3: let's get to the Thank Xbox you. segment
1: <laughs>
3: yep all yours paul so as uh, on my i told you so tour 2023 i just want to mention that i've always kind of said the same thing about microsoft's ac- uh, acquisition of activision blizzard which is that there's no rational excuse not to approve this and uh, we're starting to see it finally kind of happening. So last week, I think it was Florian Mueller who observed at FOSS Patents that uh, the language around these discussions has turned from what do we have to do to stop this to, okay, what's the exact language we're going to use to accept this? Um, The UK UK CDMA, which was one of the big three that opposed this, now says they were wrong, that there, there will be no harm to the video game industry if Microsoft acquires this company Uh, and they will likely be approving it didn't they say they might Uh, uh, investigate sony as well like oh and by the way
0: thank you now we're going to go after sony
3: yeah yeah good (laughs) because that's what needs to happen here uh japan their ftc approved it without any conditions whatsoever just remind everyone japan sony's home country right (laughs) so interesting and then uh, Activision uh, Activision CEO, uh, who I think we can all agree is one of the greatest people in the world and just a super nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> Little Bobby <laughs> Kotick. Bobby Kotick. <laughs> but he did come out and say publicly um, something which we all, uh, you know, it's obvious. but it, But he's saying it publicly, which I think is interesting, which is that Sony's behavior is disappointing. These guys have been partners for 30 years. Um, we're not going to allow this to affect our long-term relationship. But the notion, which Sony, you know, Sony, as they get more and more desperate and is trying to come up with reasons why this shouldn't happen, you know, had said recently, well, what if Microsoft deliberately makes the version of Call of Duty worse on PlayStation, right? Because they'll introduce bugs and they'll, you know, they'll make people go to Xbox. And it's like, guys, Microsoft doesn't really actually make money if you buy an Xbox, you know? They make a lot of money if you buy their software. Uh, They don't care where that is. That's the whole Satya Nadella thing. Be people where they are, right? Um, It doesn't make sense for Microsoft to take Call of Duty off of PlayStation. It also doesn't make sense for Microsoft, purposefully or not, to make Call of Duty not work as well on PlayStation. Uh, For it to be buggy, like deliberately buggy, is insane. Um, So, it's interesting that this guy, who again, not, not a great guy by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, and will be gone as soon as his acquisition is uh, finalized. Had to come out and say basically, like this: is, like we don't understand what they're doing, we don't agree with it, they're wrong. And uh, when this is over, call it—you know—Call of Duty. will just keep working on PlayStation, like it always has. So don't worry about it.
2: Yeah, there's also um, an era of we're still trying to, we still want Sony as a partner. Like no hard yeah, feelings,
3: because you're losing. Yeah, no hard feelings. Although I, there are hard feelings. I. Let's let's be clear. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, l- 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 sometime in the past year, I think it was last year, Microsoft released something called the Elite Series 2 Core Controller. This is a less expensive version of their expensive controller with all the removable bits where you can replace the paddles and all that stuff. Um, it doesn't have as, re- as many removable bits, but one of the things that's interesting about it, one of the many things, is that this one has been customizable, right? So I think you can go into their uh, Xbox controller customization service and use... You know, create a Series 2 core controller if you want to, but it's also allowed Microsoft to come out with many more versions of this version of the controller, color versions, right? So where the original Elite controller was just black, this one, you know, immediately they had black and white. Now they have all these color versions. So they just announced uh, red and blue versions, which I normally, it's like, who cares, red and blue. But if you're a long-term Xbox, Xbox person, you know that red versus blue is kind of a big thing. This is 20 years ago. Um, this was a series of uh, kind of viral videos that Microsoft did based around the halo games. Um so I have to think I have to hope I have to believe because I'm an Xbox guy that that is not coincidental and that uh if you're an X versus or a red versus blue kind of a guy you will get a kick out of that and enjoy it. Um also I think Wasn't ever since the original red versus Xbox blue Pass,
2: I think the original versus, mm-hmm. versus blue is actually like a rooster teeth like YouTube series that Microsoft then okay. hijacked for good PR. Definitely, they kind of co-opted. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Well, I this
3: was like you know, the original. Yeah, like, um, yeah, that was Rooster Teeth. Yeah, that Microsoft yeah, co-opted. Yeah, it. they were they were very comedic. Yeah, they yeah, they they they, yeah.
2: they used it for a few promotions. of like they, I think at one point Scott Guthrie was blue. Was oh the blue, man, right? like, of course it, he was. It, it was f- it was funny in the cringe way. It was blue goo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, blue
3: goo. Probably so Rooster the, Teeth was just happy joke they weren't un- getting versus Blue. So if you Google red versus blue and halo, what you'll it, one of the questions is, is Halo canon to red versus blue? And the joke is that red versus blue is canon and the rest of the Halo universe is just a spin off. <laughs> <laughs> that makes, that <laughs> makes perfect <laughs> sense. Yes. Just, I think that's true. Good. Yes. Pretty good. But you can go to Halo Waypoint, that they, they discuss this like it's it's a like what is this thing? And it's like, okay, here's the history of it. You know, it's anyway. There are red and blue controllers, that's all I'm saying. Um, uh, since the beginning of Xbox Game Pass, and now, there, of course, there are three versions of it. Uh, Microsoft has offered a $1 uh, for the first month kind of intro offer for new customers. Uh, They're doing away with that. And um, why would that be? I'm guessing that people are just starting up free Microsoft accounts and doing a $1 trial. And what they've discovered is that there were entire IPs uh, IP ranges that are just doing this. I mean, that's my guess. But anyway, you can no longer do that so I this is why so.
0: we can't have nice things yeah i'm kind of surprised exactly. they even thought it was a good idea in the first place but
3: i've taken advantage of it um yeah more times than i should have more than once um but uh. yeah it's a th- well yeah. you know i i had to write the chapter of the book where that dealt with this i'm like i'm not going to pay 10 bucks or 15 bucks for this but there's a one dollar okay anyway <laughs> uh, i'm not i didn't do anything wrong why am i on trial here the point is they're going okay <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> if you've been kind of following along with the the greener new Microsoft, you know they have that little icon. Let me go look at it in uh, Windows Update that says Windows Update is committed to helping reduce carbon emissions. <laughs> All of the hot air is coming out of our PR department now. Uh, um, they've how been doing similar things, obviously, the Xbox consoles. Oh, Leo, don't make me look. <laughs> it's just the way they deliver up. It's just so, st- it's so pointless. Okay. Um, there's a new power management mode in the Xbox consoles that, you know, will, you know, single-handedly save the environment. I always turn all that stuff off because it just melting. slows everything down. I don't yeah, know. yeah, because you want it to turn on in time, you mean? Yeah, yeah. sure. No, I, I know, I know, I don't get it. But here's an idea. If you are going to make a tank, don't worry about its fuel efficiency. This is the point of this thing. It's supposed to be a beast. Anyway, um, they just released an Xbox developer sustainability toolkit, which among other things helps developers to take power consumption into account in their game development process. The idea here is that, you know, we're playing games over the internet and perhaps they can do things that will decrease energy usage because dear God, I don't even know what we're talking about anymore, but this is what we're doing. So there you go. You ever drive behind someone in a Prius who is, Just kind of kicking ass and driving really fast? No, because that's what those people do. And I I don't know. I I feel like Xbox users are not interested in, I don't know. I don't get it. I do
2: know. I race the Prius in Forza all the time. It's
3: hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I feel like, do do Priuses actually come with a student driver bumper sticker that's permanent? Is that like a... (laughs) Every Pierce, is that just like it's a that or standard taxi, part of the Right. Or Uber. Yeah. Like, that's there what you get. I don't know. I, yeah, geez, <laughs> Louise, guys. I mean, if I wanted a Nintendo, I'd get an Anyway, sorry. So, uh, and then finally, uh, not a huge, huge deal, but Steam announced uh, that they will drop support for Windows 7 and 8.X sometime in 2024. Uh So over a year, it's probably going to be, I think it's July 2024 or later. So that would be the earliest date uh i th- nope i'm sorry i'm wrong it's january not july january 1st 2024 um those versions of windows are unsupported right as of this past january so i guess they're giving them an additional year although i think there was talk of it might be longer than a year but it'll be at least a year so uh could be next january and i actually is there data or Did how you many say it's people like down to a, it's like the,
2: just a couple of percentage points left
3: yeah, that's what I was looking for. Yeah, 1.52% yeah. are still using Windows. So there you go. That's actually kind of interesting. And 0.34% are using uh, Windows 8.1. Um, why does Steam when care the story, what sort of OS you're running? In the back of my brain, yeah, I mean, why does that?
2: Steam care? They, they, Why does Steam care that they're running what what operating system you're running? Well, because not all
3: games uh, work
0: on all operating systems. So I can right. only, you know, I can't play... Uh,
3: call of duty on the neck. relentless march of progress well the, for all of the work done to make windows more efficient in recent years i do sort of in the back of my brain wonder if you brought up a basic windows 7 installation put one game on that system would that thing run you know faster whatever faster right and uh i bet it would <laughs> actually yeah, I, I, wonder the if, fact uh, I wonder if steam is requiring text
2: versions and yeah they so they require support to be to be profiled high it's not just the city, yeah. right. it's not So this is the, the game noise developers noise pressing on steam saying lift that requirement
3: because it makes it easier for us to make the game yeah mm. but I if you're playing a, a modern game I, you want the latest direct x you want the latest yeah you know video card that would only be supported on you know modern windows versions etc cetera, et cetera, et cetera. yeah
2: so next steam announces 390 or better right like <laughs> if you haven't dropped a grand on but a video you card save energy, get to
3: play. i'll tell get you get an xbox baby you certainly, it's, you can turn you basically off your it's, it's like a carbon offset every time you turn it on. It's amazing. I believe it squirts a little bit of fresh air into the room, too. It's nice. <laughs> uh, okay. I don't know what the hell we're talking about. What is this? I stuff? don't know what happened to this I'm show. Tra- I'm, I'm I, trying to we kill go. aliens here. I don't, I'm know. To, I don't know. I'm going to hey. save the earth a different way. <laughs> <What's> I <don't laughs> Am I missing something? <laughs> uh, that that I, I want an it. Xbox
0: Why? made out of wood. Okay, renewable wood, not bamboo. Maybe I I want my lights to dim when I turn this thing on. Well, they they do actually, but that's another Mm. story for another day. Let us take a break. Back of the book coming up, which means a tip of the week, an app of the week, and a brown liquor of the week. Plus, (laughs) I think we have time for the story of distilling. (laughs) But first, (laughs) yes,
3: right, distilling part one of seven. No, it was I was the best of times. I'm just teasing. <laughs> <laughs> it was the distilling of times. The
0: distilling of times. It's time for a word from our sponsor, the studio sponsor. That's a big deal, the ACI Learning folks. We've got signage all over. Uh, we are thrilled to have them as a, as a kind of flagship sponsor of our network. And you might say, well, who are ACI Learning when they're at home Well, I think you know the name IT Pro? We've been talking about IT Pro for well since they started. Um, I think it's ten years ago now. Uh, IT Pro is now part of ACI Learning. Together, they're they're expanding their production capabilities. They're bringing you the the content you need, uh, and you can learn it any way you want: remote, hybrid, on prem. You they actually have uh, hubs where you can go with a teacher, instructor, and other students. Whatever works for you, whether you want individual training for yourself or you want to train your whole team, ACI Learning and IT Pro have you covered. Uh, I know a lot of you, because you're interested in IT and you want to get a job in IT, They, they you went to IT Pro. Still the best place to learn, access to 6,800 hours of content, always up to date. There's new content added every single day. You can get team training from uh, IT Pro uh, a- from ACI Learning, you can get team training for CompTIA, Microsoft IT, Cisco, Linux, Apple, Security, Cloud, and on and on and on. One of the most widely known and widely recognized beginner certificates is the CompTIA a cert. So many people getting into IT start with the A-plus. It- Courses from IT Pro and ACI Learning make it easy to level up your employees who have vested interests in cybersecurity. Some really great cybersecurity certs CISSP, AWS, ISAC, CCNA, technical support specialist, computer user support specialist, information security analyst. Basically, they've got it all. Any in demand tech skill, any cert, get it from IT Pro and ACI Learning. And the reason certs are so important, of course, if you're, you know, you've never worked in IT, it shows you have the basic knowledge that A plus cert, for instance, but it also shows you had the determination to go to study, to take the tests, and to pass it. You know, uh, it lets your customers, it lets your future employer know you're committed. And when you're a business giving a, a training to your staff, your IT staff, it shows your 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 customers, your suppliers, your partners that you're committed to keeping your organization up to date. And ACI Learning and IT Pro are with you every step of the way. With an IT Pro business plan, ACI Learning offers fully customizable training for your team. They've got that great dashboard that lets you track everything, manage seats, assign and unassigned team members, access monthly usage reports so you can see if you know you're getting your money's worth. You've got metrics like logins, viewing time tracks completed you can manage subsets of users you can say you three take this course you should be looking at this episode of this course that kind of thing completely customize the assignments monitor the progress reporting on the usage of the platform you get full access to all this advanced reporting including very visual reports which are helpful in justifying the spend to the higher ups to the board you know you can say look what we're doing and to your and you know what to your partners too right Respected companies and government agencies around the globe turn to IT Pro and ACI Learning year after year to help them maintain their competitive edge. Supporting organizations across audit, IT, and cybersecurity readiness, ACI Learning keeps you and your team at the top of their game. From entry level training to putting people on the moon, ACI Learning has you covered. Maintain your company's competitive edge with ACI Learning. By visiting the website, go.acilearning.com slash twit, go.acilearning.com slash twit. And for those of you looking to start today with a standard or premium individual IT pro membership, use the offer code TWIT30, TWIT30, and you'll get 30% off. Shh, do it. Don't. This is a secret. TWIT, well, it's not a secret. Every Tell everybody. <laughs> TWIT30 for 30% off. Visit go.acilearning.com slash twit. We're big fans, always have been, of IT Pro dot com slash twit. The offer code is twit thirty. Now, let's go to the back of the book. What are you laughing at? It just discarded. Just, <laughs> just is it uh, Nicholas Cage? Is that what I'm seeing? Nicholas oh, it's, it's after you squirt a little fresh air, in air into the room from your Xbox. <laughs> <There> Nicholas, <laughs> just, uh, Nicholas is really enjoying into it, the, is
3: it. the exhaust port of the Xbox enjoying
0: <laughs> <me> right there. <laughs> yeah, it our, like our Discordians really uh, have a lot of fun. <laughs> 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 uh, that is the, uh, the Discord chat room that is for members of Club Twit. <laughs> and apparently fans of Nicholas Cage... Uh, on air. Yeah. <laughs> and his hair. Uh, uh, if you are not yet a member of Club Twit, I do want to encourage you to, to join because that 7 bucks a month um, Twit Club members give us really helps us put new shows on the air like Paul's Hands on Windows. Uh, we got Hands on Macintosh with Micah. We've got uh, a Linux show. We've got all sorts of stuff that the club members pay for. Uh, and, th- and that really is important to us because we always want to add new stuff. We just uh, brought... Scott Wilkinson is back with Home Theater Geeks. Thanks to the club. It's a club only right now. Maybe someday, like This Week in Space, it'll grow up to be a, a full-fledged podcast. Um, there's also corporate memberships. If you're not yet a member of Club Twit and you'd like to support what we do, if you enjoy what we do, I think 7 bucks a month, it's a, it's a fair price for what you get. You get access to the Discord, which is full of great stuff. You get that special Twit Plus free feed. Oh, I didn't even mention, you get ad-free versions of all the shows. You won't even hear this. I'll never have to beg you again. Go to twit.tv slash club twit, and thanks in advance. All right, Paul. It's all you, baby. Tip of the week time.
3: So uh, we just I just mentioned uh, Windows 7 and 8X support on Steam. Firefox just I made mean, this. I think I was confusing Mozilla and, and Valve, I guess. Uh, Firefox just announced that they will support Windows 7 and 8X until at least uh, Q3 2024. Good for them. Um, Even though Microsoft is not. Yes, yeah, so you can use Firefox. Right. Um, better idea? I don't know. Maybe upgrade your operating system. Um, <laughs> Firefox is fine. I I think of all kinds of good reasons to use it. Um, Gotta love a little gecko. But, uh, Honestly,
0: I yeah, think that's I one of the main that. things that pushes people to upgrading their operating system is that the, browsers
3: stop the browser stops working.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And
3: once the yeah. browser stops working, you know, there's a lot you can't do. Yeah. 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 I, I don't remember off the top of my head what Google's deal with Chrome is, but I believe it's already not supported or will soon not be supported, something like that. So, yeah. Anyway, but if you are stuck on it for whatever reason, I. You know, uh, stop You know, putting something between you and the most obvious vector for getting malware into a computer isn't such a horrible idea. Uh, a better idea is, like I said, upgrading. Um, our friend uh, Michael Niehaus, uh, who I know, Rich. I think I just listened to an episode. Just of did a show with him, yeah. Run as radio with mm-hmm. Michael, yeah. Has released an alternative to Microsoft's Media Creation Tool. Right. So today there are two versions of the tool, one for Windows 11, one for Windows 10 and uh they don't they only support x86 uh, or x64 depending on the version. Um so he has created a single tool that does both versions of the OS and supports all versions of those versions of the OS meaning it also supports arm64. Um there's a whole thing going on uh, you know people are kind of into this stuff like if you want to if you said for example like hey I need to get an ISO to install Windows 11 on arm or whatever well that's not available publicly how do I do that um, there are places you can download those things out on the web. There are these things called ESD, which are kind of like um, highly compressed versions of WIM files, which is what we use to create these things on the back end that uh, like um, enterprises use to customize a Windows install, for example. Um, and ESD is, a, is not easy to customize because it's so compressed, but it's the type of thing you can ship over the Internet a little bit more easily. And uh, Microsoft makes those available for all of these systems. So I guess he's gathered together all this stuff and made a tool. Um, I will say... Uh, I installed this. Well, it's, you just run it, really. You just download it and run it. Um, it was flagged as a some kind of malware by a smart screen or whatever in Windows. Um, but it's from Michael, so we know it's okay. Um, so if you see that and you're worried about it, just know that uh, there's nothing malicious going on here. He's a good guy. Yeah. He's um, one of the best, without a doubt. And, yeah, this is the thing Microsoft should have made. And so he still. <laughs> and maybe yes. Is they this, do have a rich history Is this
0: better that. than Rufus or... Which you've been recommending. It's, well, it's actually, kind of so same, you still but? have
3: to use Rufus uh, oh, okay. combined. with What this will do is get you the image file, the yeah, ISO, the ISO oh, you need. So in this case, okay. you would still, yeah, you would then use Rufus to create the actual. If you need a bootable USB, you would still use Rufus. Right. right. Got, it. Got, it, got it. But this, like I said, this is particularly interesting because you can get your ARM64 ISO for I Windows see. 10 or Windows yes. 11. It, multiple languages, Ooh. right? Nice. So, yeah, very, very nice. Okay. Good stuff. This is a good idea. It's a really good idea.
0: You know what else is a good idea? Run as radio. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering...
3: Mr. Richard Campbell. I'm going to go get some whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) Get ready. (laughs) I I will drink it responsibly. I'm not an idiot.
0: (laughs) Uh, When does multi-cloud make sense, Richard? When?
2: When? Well, this is a conversation I had with Fumala Schmidt uh, a little while ago, published today, actually. And we we mostly defined some terms first. The the point being, and this is a Gartner term, most enterprises are polycloud. Is they use more than one cloud provider. So if you're on Salesforce, plus you use Azure, maybe one department's got some stuff in AWS, like that's sort of reality for most big organizations. So many organizations are polycloud. And so we separated that from multi-cloud being, I have a given workload I want to run on more than one cloud, typically for redundancy sake, that I believe I need to be more reliable than any given cloud provider. And those are... I mean, I'm not saying they don't happen, they're pretty rare cases. And the sacrifices you need to make to actually build software that will operate between clouds effectively are substantial. You know, certain technologies, in Kubernetes is certainly one of them, are available both on-prem and on all the clouds, and so there is the ability to shift workloads there well, but you have to use the very generic version of those features. You don't want to get into the cloud-specific stacks because that's not going to be portable to the other cloud options. Now, that, that's where that conversation went, was really digging into what's our way to look across clouds to try and build stuff that would run up between them. Azure Arc came up because it is a tool that is larger than any given cloud. It certainly works well with Azure, but it also works on-prem and in the other cloud providers. So that is an approach to to helping to manage that problem. But I really wanted to get in on this. Hey, you know, often you have senior leadership that says, well, clouds go down, like how are we gonna stay up no matter what? And my usual reaction to that was to draw it on a whiteboard just how much that's going to cost. And then suddenly, that little that that expense for that rare event, you know, ends the conversation. And but if you want to do it, it's doable. It's just hard, and I think rarely needed. What does multi-cloud?
0: When does multi-cloud make sense with Fumula Schmidt? Run as Radio eight seven three. Mm-hmm. Cool. Runasradio.com. radio.com. Yeah. And now we've been waiting for your. Explanation,
3: part seven. How I mean, is that, liquor made? Know, damn it. it's not that many parts. I'm like, a, like, I'm like a puppy waiting for something to fall off the table.
2: Uh, I mean, I'm honest to goodness, yeah. I spend more time writing this. I mean, we, we go all the way back. We appreciate to, it. We, Thank you. Yeah. We talked about growing barley and then malting the barley and then milling the barley, then making the mash, which was, you know, now we we start we extract the sugars from the, our malted barley ferment it now the the in comes the alcohol part of the equation and that gives us our wort which we've now shipped over into our washbacks and we have a 7% you know you can filter it and make it make pot beer from it i don't recommend it you know hops helps but uh you're now ready to start to distill and distilling is an ancient craft we have plenty of evidence to show that humans figured out that you could take liquid compounds and separate them into their constituents' parts with heat. The earliest types of documented skills, the alembic skills, go back to Greek times. Uh, and they were, typically you had a, a pot, with, with the, which they called a kirkubit, that would heat up the, the fluid, and they did make alcohol this way back, you know, several thousand years ago, uh, up into a head where the vapors uh, collect, and then they go down a tube that slopes into a receiver container of some kind, and you cool it down, and you get uh, some kind of distillate. Okay, those are sort of the generic terms. Now, the, the liquid we're particularly interested in this case is ethanol, And ethanol boils at 78 degrees centigrade. That's 165 Fahrenheit versus water, which is, you know, 100 degrees, 212. So you can heat this mixture of liquid just enough to have the alcohol lift out without lifting the water out. And now we get into various kinds of stills. So the Alembic stills are sort of ancient stills, and some of them are still used. Typically, the Armagnac process, that early... Low alcohol level, they typically distill up to 40 or so percent to make these early brandies out of old wine. Um, Still use Alembic stills. They're very simple. Um, The advanced still, the fancy still today, and I mentioned these in last week's show, the column stills, like the coffee still, are for continuous distillation. You know, pot stills. Are batch. You load them, you distill for a certain period of time, typically five six hours, and then you have to clean them out and start over. Column stills are continuous, so you're literally feeding feedstock into it all the time. It's actually two separate columns: one called the analyzer, one called the rectifier. Because nineteenth century names are the best, and they use steam to to heat. Uh, steam is actually added into the bottom of the of the analyzer with the wash coming down from the top through a series of plates and the heat's applied and and the alcohol starts to evaporate goes out the top into the into the rectifier where it's condensed and filtered out um, column stills are the modern way they're often made of stainless steel and uh, are quite a bit fancier. that's where you can get into like making neutral spirits or uh, uh, high rectified spirits 95% alcohol plus uh, it um, when you're trying to talk about whiskey you, you rarely want it you don't want to distill that high because it takes all the flavors out we talk about things like cogenitors and ester ether uh, uh, and um, polyethyl uh, esters that are flavor that come from the grain and so you want to distill a little lower so in the case of Uh, whiskey, they use pot stills. And that picture you showed up was a collection of pot stills. Uh, This is basically the modern version of the alembic stills, all batch-based. Specifically for barley-based whiskeys, most of all, pot stills are copper. And the reason is that there's a certain amount of sulfur that exists within barley. It's a normal part of the plant. And those uh, sulfurous compounds, when distilled, can get quite foul. And copper reacts with sulfur to be able to remove it as copper sulfates, you want a certain amount, but you I don't want didn't too much.
0: That. I thought it was so because it, it was so conductive
2: for the cooling, but it's actually well, a that's chemical. A, that's a, it's there's a chemical part, and there is certainly the conduction part. Like that's How important. And that that picture of the pot still you have there. So the lower part is called the pot, and then you have sort of a shoulder region that goes up into the swan neck, and ultimately onto the lie arm. Now, the stru- these structures vary from pot still to pot still, and each distillery has very specific designs. Uh, and the part, part of this is that as the condensate comes up in the still and gets into that swan neck, it does land on the copper and cools and will tend to fall back down. They call it reflux. And it takes a certain amount of cycles of reflux to remove mo- the, co- the, co- the sulfur to the level that you're happy with. Um, sometimes these stills will have a bulge above that pot they call the og and that is again giving more surface area for reflux the shape of the swan neck how tall it goes whether it curves or not all specific to a given distillery the lie arm coming out here you know here you see them coming out horizontally some of them tilt up some of them tilt down very, very stylized and, and all part of the flavor of the white spirit they're going to generate in the end. Now, after, wow. but, after you come out of the lye arm, then you're going into a condenser. So now you're trying to consolidate those, uh, those, those distilled alcohols. You can see that coil set sitting there is probably from a worm tub. So that would be sitting in a big tub, wooden tub full of cold water. The distillate would condense out of that, uh, through those coils, and that would give you your initial distillation. Mm. Now, Scottish distillation is almost always a double distillation process. So you're going to start with uh, a first distillation. It'll take that 7 8% uh, initial wart and then uh, take it up to around 20 to 30% uh, ABV. Uh, there's a bunch of challenges to this. So the these first stills, or what they call the wash stills, are larger. They're the bigger of the stills. The spirit stills will tend to be smaller. And the wash stills have uh, windows in them. They call them sight glasses to watch for foaming. Uh, how you heat the still matters a lot. Uh, in traditional stills, they were heated directly. There was heat underneath the still. Now, there's a couple of problems with that. One is that tends to get very hot. And it can burn the wash in the process. And so sometimes you want those by artifacts. Some stills, some distilleries prefer that effect because they get some toasted notes into it. Um, but you have to manage that very carefully. It's also an explosion hazard. You are ah, making wait. alcohol gas. Yikes. And should it leak from the chamber, you can blow the building to pieces. Ah. Um, oh my, oh my. You know, there's a reason why this is a regulated industry. And so most modern Scottish distillers today use steam. So the boiler is in a separate building where the yeah. fire is, yeah. and they pipe the steam to the stills to heat them up. Well, far safer. Um, you showed a, for a moment there a mechanical structure inside of a still. That's a stir, and it's for direct heated stills to keep the mash moving, or the wash moving around so that it doesn't burn. Uh, But if you're using steam, where you only get to 200 to 300 degrees at most, remember, you're only trying to get to 78 Celsius, just enough heat to be able to evaporate the alcohol off. You don't need to to go that high. So uh, uh, your distiller is a very active process. The distiller is involved in here. As the as the mash initially starts to heat up, it's going to foam at first. You don't want that foam going up into the lie neck and getting into the distillate. It's con- it's a contaminant. So you'll be heating slowly and watching the foam level through the sight glasses. And eventually, as the still heats up as a whole and the mash is to temperature, the foam will die down, and then you can get running to get to temperature to start to get alcohol extracted from it. Now, that's the first wash, that's the, the, the first distillation, the wash distillation, and it's going to flow into a holding tank of what they call the low wines tank. And low wines is that 20 to 30 percent alcohol initial distillate. Now you're gonna go into your spirit stills. Very typically same design, they're also copper. They tend to be smaller because you have less liquid involved. Uh, There's fewer solids so you don't need sight glasses and so forth, there's no foaming risk here. But now you're gonna heat it up again And it's going to have that reflux effect. It's going to go up into the swan neck and fall back down. There's going to be a couple of cycles. This is another distillation where the the wash distillation probably runs four to six hours. The second distillation, six to eight hours. And you're going much higher. And those fluids are going to go down into the spirit safe, also known as the intermediate spirit receiver. Now, this is a (laughs) locked cabinet with clear glass on it. Because now we have to talk about taxes. Oh, mm-hmm. So when you're, ma- you know, back in the day, you're just making spirits for yourself and maybe selling them. So, of course, the tax man wanted a cut of this. And so lots of smuggling involved. And so uh, the excised, uh, the excise tack of 1823 is when they came up with this thing called the spirit safe model. And those locks are controlled by the taxman, by the excise officers to control access to it. And so the distiller actually has to operate the still with remote controls through this. So there's actually this particular one you've got on the screen right now. he has got three different points. So the left side would actually be the low wines distillations. So that comes out of the first uh, wa- the wash still. And then they are basically watching for clarity. So it's going down into what's called the fines tank which is the stuff they're not going to use they'll probably use it for a second distillation later on until it runs clear and then it'll be pointed they'll turn it turn a little knob and aim that spout into the low wines tank and then as it gets later in the distillation particulate will start to appear again and they'll steer it away when we get into the spirit distillation that's at center point and they're watching for the alcohol level So we know that ethanol evaporates at 78 degrees centigrade, but there are other compounds that evaporate at lower temperatures, including methanol, the stuff that makes you go blind, and acetyl hydrates and ethyl esters. And so those typically show up in the very beginning of any high distillation and the alcohol level substantially higher. So you measure the alcohol level. And if you're running in the 70 to 70, 78, 80 percent, that's part of the head. You don't want that. And so you'll steer that back into the faints tank as after the head comes the heart this is the stuff they call new make the distillate you want and that's around 71 72 percent depending on the distillery and they'll put that into the um, uh, into the intermediate receiver so that's the stuff they're going to later barrel later in the run hours later the alcohol level begins to decline. It gets down below 70 percent, 68, 65 percent. and that's when you start to get these heavy, oilier compounds that have very strong flavors, and they'll tend to steer that all again over to the faints receiver. Um, again, in Scottish tradition, nothing is wasted, so everything that ends up in the faint's receiver will typically be put back into the wash still to add to the next run. Um, but won't be part of that uh, that new make. So you're, all that stuff gets shifted off to the other side, all controlled remotely through these safes. I would point out that today the distilleries have the keys, not that whiskey isn't taxed. It is. It's just taxed at bottling now, not taxed at distillation. And remember, all of this is a clear spirit, right? All the color we're going to get it's going to come from the wood in the next phase, but now I get to tell the story of why I selected the Dalmore for our whiskey this week. So I take a tour of the distillery uh, at the Dalmore, and they have their t- two their two original wash stills are massive. There's five hundred liters. Now that's what 360, three hundred sixty and thirty six hundred imperial gallons, about forty four hundred. U.S. gallons, because why wouldn't you have different measures for gallons? Like, what the hell is wrong with gallons in the first place? Did the U.S. pick a different gallon just because it was different from the U.K.? Nah, not that simple. The U.S. gallon is actually based on the Queen Anne gallon, which is an English gallon based for on wine. Wine gallons were Queen Anne gallons. At that time, they also had grain gallons, and they had beer gallons, which are different sizes, because oh, why Lord. wouldn't you mean three different <laughs> sizes, God. all the same name? <laughs> And who wants a gallon so, of
3: wine
2: anyway? And so eventually, <laughs> uh, the, eventually, the UK consolidated on the imperial gallon, which was 160 ounces, versus the Queen Anne gallon, which is 128 ounces. Ounces being a measurement of weight or a measurement of volume. Hey, why not both? Because reasons, right? And this is where we get to the whole point about the metric system, right? The French Revolution, like... Come on, mon dieu, you're still beheading your nobles with an axe? Why? When would you ever stop and have wine and baguette, right? It's the the French Revolution. Présente de la guillotine. Now you can behead a dozen dozen nobles per hour. Much more time, way more efficient, and you can retire by 62. Or is it 64? Nobody knows. But listen, Cherie, forget about the feet, the pounds, the ounces, the gallons. A 10-centimeter cube holds 1 liter of water which weighs 1 kilogram. It's just so, so simple. simple. So simple. So in 1874 at the Dalmore, they got bought these at the time massive 16,500 liter stills and they didn't fit in the building. The building wasn't big enough for them. And so they cut the swan necks off Oh to God. get them into the building and then put a cap on it and attach the lyre arm below the cap, making a completely different looking still. And when they ran them, they like them. Uh, and so to this day, now later they bought another set of wash stills that fit in their building better. So they actually use both sets to combine to make their distinct version of whiskey. They're big on sherry casking, and their fundamental, the one I recommend anyone start with if you want to experiment with the Dalmor, is the Dalmor 12. It's about $65 US. It's got a deep, red, rich color. Um, the 15, the 18, and so on up the line get more expensive and all have their own unique natures to them. Uh, a lot of that has to do with barreling, but there's nothing quite like the wash stills of the Dalmor. And once you know all the story of that, then when you look at a still, you're like, what's up with that still? Uh. And the fact that it didn't fit in the building in 1874 (laughs) is how that came about. I love it. And I love the
0: metal uh, deer on the front of the Dalmore. The stag. The stag. That is
2: awesome. The famous, famous stag. So the
0: Dalmore 12 is our recommendation this time. Mm -hmm. And uh, Hmm. I'm going to run out to my liquor barn and find one right now. Drink the whole thing a metric gallon
2: of uh, an imperial gallon or a u.s gallon nobody knows it's all confusing you know what i try 750 milliliters it's a nice measurement it's It's very precise it's easy it's very simple it's It's three quarters of a kilo it makes total sense and so we're now at the point where we have about a 70 to 73 percent clear distillate white spirit ready for barreling and that's what we'll talk about next week. Sounds great. All this talk makes me
0: thirsty. <laughs> but I guess that's the point. Uh, we do have from Joe Esposito a suggestion for the title of this show and a poster. 12 <laughs> Angry Pauls. Yep. Starring Paul, 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 and Paul. Uh, very nice, oh, that's Joe. That's awesome. And a partridge
3: in th- a pear tree. I think Joe spends <laughs> the entire show room.
0: working in Photoshop. It's kind of like knitting while you... No. Uh, Watch people's heads being chopped off, but it's not quite the same. I love that. I like so how brilliant. he made it the illustration look like you. That's yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. That's I know it's crazy. Great. So this is like
0: Twelve Angry Men, right? Yeah, there. I think it's the poster of Twelve Angry Men, slightly <laughs> modified.
2: Slightly. <laughs> I love. It. I Thank can't you, stand Joe. there
3: being one of me. I, I
2: you can only imagine. You paws. know the best part about Twelve Paul's bounty. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, all
3: right, ladies and oh, who's gentlemen. Clean up this mess.
0: We have concluded the show, and I'm glad you were here for it. Another great episode of Windows Weekly. You'll find Richard Campbell at runasradio.com. That's also where .NET rock lives. Uh, Paul Thorat is at thorat.com. That's his blog. He also has, of course, the Field Guide to Windows 11 and the brand new Windows Everywhere, which is kind of a history of Microsoft Windows as seen through its programming and programming languages. And both are at leanpub.com. Check them out. Check them out. Uh, Well worth reading in both cases. Uh, Thank you, Paul. And thank you, Richard. We do the show uh, Wednesdays, or as I like to call it, Taco Tuesday Part 2. Every Wednesday, (laughs) 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. I stole that joke, but it's a good one. 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific Time. Uh, That would be about 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern Time. That would be, I don't know, you figure it out. 1,800 UTC, it all begins. Uh, And the live stream is live.twit.tv, audio or video, you choose. If you're watching live, chat live in our IRC, open to all. That's irc.twit.tv. And, of course, club members get their private club where Dalmore is served exclusively. Uh, at twit.tv slash club not true sorry no not true it's up to you what you want to serve that's all i can say um we also have on-demand versions at the website twit.tv slash ww uh youtube also uh has a channel dedicated to windows weekly the ultimate on-demand of course is subscribing your favorite podcast player that way you've just got it sitting on your phone whenever you need it and you can listen to it uh, at your leisure whenever you need a hit Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Richard. Have a great uh, couple of weeks. I'm going to be gone uh, oh, next week and right. the week after, and the week I'm after that, that. I'm uh, going on vacation. What? No, it's How shocking. dare you? How dare I? What Where What is going? this vacation you speak? You like? guys work when you leave wait, 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 wait. town, but I. You
3: told you said, "Oh, this is the cruise. You're yeah. going uh, Mediterranean." Yeah, we're going to see if All I right, can. So I look uh, get forward to seeing those photos. COVID
0: part two. This is the last time you and I, nice. and Richard, no, went on no, cruise. No, no, Europe's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We kind we, uh, of, we contracted. I you mean, what are the chances of that happening again? <laughs> what a cow. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy talk. I will be back um, on the uh, 26th. Who's going to Who's gonna fill in, you might be wondering. Yeah. So am I. I am wondering. I don't know. Okay. We talked about it. I've promptly forgot. Uh I suspect yeah. uh, Micah Sargent will come by sometimes, maybe Aunt Pruitt. Mm-hmm. Other times, maybe Jason Howell. Okay. It'll be one of those three. Maybe all three, because I'll be gone for three weeks.
3: I like all those guys. That's yeah. all good. It'll all it's be all good people.
0: You know, they'll let you do your thing, and
2: uh, they'll do the ads. That's that makes it easy. You're going to miss the barreling. Ah, damn it! You know, I can still hear the show. I I have a you whole know. bit on Glenn, Glenn well, yeah, Farkless. On a I find the 1956 to show, edition. We're have words. I like Glenn <laughs> Farkless.
0: I like <laughs> <Glenn> Farkless. <laughs> Uh So does Mrs. Farkless, by the way. <laughs> uh thank you for joining us. Have a wonderful month. I'll see you late in April, you too And uh, uh the rest of you come back here next Wednesday for another Windows Weekly. Bye-bye.
2: Hey there, I'm Micah Sargent from TWIT, and uh you may be asking a question, what in the world do you do if you want to thank that hard-working team of yours? Well, why not gift them a club twit corporate subscription? Oh, and here's a secret. You'll be benefiting yourself, too, because you will be able to keep your team informed and entertained with podcasts covering the latest in tech, so they'll always stay up to date. With a Club Twit subscription, they're going to get access to all of our podcasts ad-free. They'll get access to the members-only Discord server, where they can chat with fellow Club Twit members and all of us here at Twit, and exclusive shows like Hands on Mac, Hands on Windows, and the Untitled Linux Show. Go to twit.tv slash Club and look for corporate plans for complete details.